Activision in notably hot water. A bunch of delays are on the horizon. Hello, Chris. Hello, Brett. Welcome this week to Triangle Square, a PlayStation podcast. (laughs) I, as Chris has already said, am your host, Brett, and I am followed and joined. I I didn't say followed. That sounds wrong. I'm sorry, (laughs) Chris. That was a poor choice of words. Yeah, a little bit. Let me back up real quick and say I am joined today by our co-host, co-host with the most, Chris Figgs. There you go. Yes. Hello. Hi. Hope Back you're doing again. well, man. I this am. is I'm doing yet okay. another week on this super wonderful podcast. Um, and this is going to be a week where we're going to talk about problems in American games industry and nothing to do with Sean. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so we'll get to that here in a little bit, but we're going to start the show off the right way as we always do. Remember that if you want to, if for some reason, are joining us for the first time, and if you want to follow us, you can head over and listen to the podcast on any podcast service that you like. Normally, we are also on YouTube uh, in a video format, but since Chris has been filling in with Saul, we have not. Have no fear, though. We are working on a way of having Chris, if he can be joining uh, Saul and us, Saul and I, every week once Saul comes back. Uh, we're going to try and bring video version back in a way so you'll be able to watch there once again if that is your preferred way. If you've been leaving YouTube and coming over to listen to us on podcast services just because you still want to hear our lovely thoughts, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> and we look forward to being able to get you back to where you want to be uh, in the long run. But without further ado, Chris. Yes, sir. Have you played a multitude of games this week again like you have last week? Or did you kind of uh, strike down and focus on one? Um, I think I spent the majority of my time with two games. But I did do a couple pop-ins on other things. Did you earn um, multiple Platinums again this week? Because if you have, <laughs> you've kept it under wraps. I have not earned multiple Platinums this week. Have you earned uh, any Platinums this week? No. But I've got, I'm have got. i coming close to... not. I guess not close because it's going to take me forever. But Judgment, I'm getting there. I'm like a couple chapters in. Have you got a Platinum in any of the Yakuza series? No, they're so hard. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. I remember thinking kiwami was like doable but still hard and then i imagined it probably got worse from there yeah kiwami's doable actually kiwami is ironically one of the harder ones at least according to percentage of people who popped who popped it but um i think i'm gonna do i want to do judgment and yakuza 7 and then i want to i want to play the series again so i might try and finish my the rest of them off Ooh, that's gonna be rough because I have to imagine the platinum time for a game like that is probably in the seventy-hour range. Yeah, this is a solid six hundred-hour uh, quest if I decide to go on it. Ooh, that's like getting the platinum in every Final Fantasy that you can get a platinum in. Oh. That seems—I don't know, maybe not. Because actually, fifteen is a really easy platinum to get. Is it the worst part about getting the platinum in fifteen? Is that you have to fight uh, the big tortoise? who is the absolute most boring boss fight in the world. Oh. He basically is impossible for him to kill you, and there's nothing interesting about it. You basically just choose a point. He's so big that you always have to warp strike him anyway. So you mm-hmm. just stand in one spot, start warp striking, and then you just continuously just turn the camera a little bit, warp strike, turn, warp strike. <laughs> and it's he's huge. So they make his health huge, and it means that you're doing this very monotonous fight to be at least most efficient 
you can make it a little more interesting if you want to slow the fight down. But mm. in like uh, 25 minutes of fighting, it's it's terrible. <laughs> it sounds awful. Yeah, it's awful. And that game's complete lack of interesting side missions is a... Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say is... something probably blasphemous right now. Its side content is about as interesting as any of the side content that I've experienced thus far in Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not the point of Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> The point is the number is to grow your numbers, man. Well, I think that that's like the saving grace, right? Is that there's other stuff going on in fourteen? Yeah. So anyway, what were your two games? Uh, so it was just that, and then I'm um, just grinding out the end of the Apex Legends Battle Pass. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, Apex Heavy Week for you. Yep, Apex Heavy Week. I did do some stuff like I I started playing Fallout New Vegas on PS3. Uh, that 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 game sucks. And I don't mean that in a way of like Fallout 3 is better, which it is. I mean that in the way of that is hard to play in 2020. Oh, it <laughs> 2021. is. I think so the same is true play. of Fallout 3 and to a smaller degree Oblivion. I think Oblivion's saving grace is that it doesn't try to be a shooting game. Yeah. And the hardest part of both Fallout 3 and then New Vegas, and I do think New Vegas is worse than 3 in yes. sheer gameplay mechanics. Um mm-hmm. They just, they're not competent shooters at all. If no. it wasn't for the um, VAT system, I don't yeah. even know if that game would be playable. <laughs> See, my issue was more frame rate and crashing, which is the first time that's happened to me in a Fallout game. I guess it's not a Bethesda game. Yeah, um, that, one's, that one's weird because that game is full of crashes and bugs, and I actually experienced so few that I remember it feeling weird I feel like I've gotten so weirdly lucky on Bethesda published games that are known for bugs because I never end up having them. Yeah, me neither, usually. Yeah, um, and now frame rate in that game is who? Oh, it would get it to single rough. digits. Yeah, and I it's, was like, it's bad. I, like, I want to do it because I want to have the Platinums and all the Fallout games. It's one of my favorite series ever, but oh, it's hard. <laughs> you but know, that's, I'll, I'll do it. That's one of those weird things where it'd be great if Sony could find a way to like go in and like clearly people are doing it on pc so it's possible but work out a wave to where really high-end pcs can do uh emulation of ps3 and like i said it's possible with a good surprisingly number of games that run well on pc if they'd go in and add extra stuff into that because they have the back-end knowledge of how all that works Mm -hmm. i feel like they would be it'd be very smart of them to basically work that out to where they can have a virtual PS3 environment running on a PC and then let that actually be the server blades that PS Now plays PS3 games from instead yeah. of having it be racked PS3s because I don't really know that you stand to gain anything from a server racked version of a PS3 playing these PS3 games with virtually zero enhancements at all. Mm. You know, like one of the cool things about the way that Microsoft has gone about doing macro, uh, backwards compatibility right. is that whenever they eventually switch out all their server blades for um, xCloud or whatever it's called with the Series S or I think that they're going to do X's rather, then you'll get all of the backwards compatible enhancements that they've done with all these games, even in a streaming sense, mm-hmm. which yeah, is pretty I- awesome. It is. I, I don't know. I'm playing it on uh, on an actual PS3 console, so that's part of that. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think they should at least make an attempt to make 
uh, PS Now games run better, but I don't know what they can really do. I wonder if a lot of the reason that PS Now is PS3 is that cell processor helps them out. Well, it definitely is, but you know, when you can get a game that was notorious for bad frame rates on PS3 to begin with, uh, which was Demon Souls, and you can have it running at 4K 60 frames per second on PC, um, of course, it's it's been hyper optimized because it was one of the first games that people really wanted to make a, PC, a PS3 emulator for. Yeah, but when you can do that, it goes to show that if they set it up right, they'd be able to. I wouldn't even worry about the overhead of making the games 4K, right? But being able to basically make PS3 games that most people are not going to have the want to go in and update, remake, or stabilize in a modern environment, it would make way more sense to just say, all right, we've basically built a PS3 emulator using this. We have a virtual PS3 in this computer. We can use the overhead of this processor to make sure that games that were set at 30 frame caps actually hit the 30 frames per second instead of dropping down into the like 12 and 14 like New Vegas does sometimes, right? Yeah. Which, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, the answer lies somewhere in the middle anyway because right now, if I'm not mistaken, you can play New Vegas with Xbox One X enhancements on yes. One X. Yep, you can. And I assume frame rate is benefits in that. Yeah, I, I would bet it's at 60 FPS because of their uh, frame well, rate probably, boost. Yeah, probably on Series X. Yeah, you're right. But it, even if not, right, even the One X version probably ran at 30 and at a higher resolution. Now, of course, you can also always play on PC, but... <laughs> There are games that did not make it to PC that it would be cool to have that PS3 environment for. It would be. I don't know. Thing is, we're this is a it, it's an interesting talking point, I guess. But I need that platinum, brother. <laughs> well, see, that's why a, a virtual PS3 would still be able to do that. Oh, I agree. I'm saying, I was just, uh, I wish, I wish that Sony would do it so that it wasn't such an arduous experience for me, but. If I do end up going for the trophies, it's going to be on PS3 for yeah. the, the platinum. Yeah, I, I understand. They do <laughs> need to. They do need to make that better. That's just a selling point, though. Like, hey, these work better now with PS Now. That would be nice, even if yeah. it was just a selection of optimized games. You know. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of what they would do if they were going to go through and be like, these are the only ones that we can actually run better through this, you know, PC-based emulator with a virtual mm-hmm. PlayStation Three. But it would still be kind of cool. And I think it would be like, why is PS Now necessary? I think right now when you ask, it's like for the most part, the actual streaming side of PS Now is like it gets used, but I don't really know that it's outside of just wanting to play PS3 games without a PS3. It's not really all that important, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. So, but we'll see. Um, so I was 14. What did you do on 14? Where are oh, you I at in your Balmung character? Nowhere? No, I've been grinding apex i mean i can't blame you because i know you're an apex file um, i am but i need you bro i'm I'm level 28 now <laughs> see the worst part about it is like you're in a different server than my main character so i have to just build up another one you can move your character to a different server i can but i'm also playing with friends on that server so it's one of those like i guess i need both but like you said <laughs> the side quests are not that fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> so doing them again well and then the problem of while we're talking about that game it there's something i really don't like about the way mmos structure themselves and i know it's kind of like a people view it at least as a necessary evil i think that there's a way to design these games to where 
they make sure they keep up the illusion better. And the problem with that is that RPGs lean so heavily on the chosen one aspect and that this game flows into that. Oh, you're the chosen one and you're the only one who could do these amazing things. And these, this, the grand companies want you at their side because you're the only great adventurer who's done this. Not all the other millions of players that are playing in the same server as you at the same time. <laughs> and even to the point where I don't know if you got this far in your own thing, but I fought Ifrit. Did you do that? Yes. Okay. The problem I had there is how inconsistent the game was to the cutscenes, And then also whenever it came back to me being in game. So like, in ga- uh, basically, as I'm going, cutscene starts, stuff happens, there's a ring of fire, Ifrit comes down. I'm the only one not affected. Bam, I go in there and I fight Ifrit. There's a cutscene to start with, it's just me and just Ifrit. And then suddenly, when it transitions into me being in the duty, it's me and a bunch of other people because it's a, a duty. So there's it's not one-on-one, me and Ifrit. It's me and all these other players. Yeah. And then immediately afterwards... Thancridge comes up and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I missed it. Darn. But it's amazing that you survived all by yourself against different. I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then what made me laugh more, it's like the whole cutscene plays out. All the people walk away from the camp. There's no fire to be seen anywhere. And then when the game puts me back in, it loads me into a thing where I have to walk to the exit four feet from me. And I'm inside of a ring of fire that wasn't there in the last cutscene. Yeah. And then it, it's so weird and jarring and <laughs> it's odd. <laughs> That's all I can really say is it's really hard to play those games sometimes and feel like you're trying to be a single player story without taking account of the fact that your entire game world is built on the fact that there's millions of us. Why mm-hmm. not write a story about the fact? And it's weird. It's kind of there, right? They have that scene in there, the warriors of light. You, I should be one of the many warriors of light. I shouldn't be the only new version of that. It should be like, wow, we're finding more and more of you. And the story should be about how people in the real world, even though we don't got to call it that, but how people are coming together with this special power and bringing about the second age of the Warriors of Light. And I hope that that's like where the expansions go and and lose this kind of cockamamie story. (laughs) I've heard that the uh, expansion stories are much better. So I have as well. There's cool stuff in this version. But even like the PS5 version, which what are you going to do, right? This kind of happens with MMOs. But there's times where I'm looking at it and I'm like, this looks and looks on everything. But I'm like, how does this MMO in 2021 look like Final Fantasy X running at 1080p? Like the the how rough the character models are, like how low poly they are, how mm-hmm. rough the lip sync is, where sometimes it looks like their tattoo on their arm is like literally just like a, a texture wrapped around an arm. It's like, ooh, this this looks and feels rough. The animations are rough. And there was a moment where I used to play Final <laughs> Fantasy XI online, and I was like, I know that it's my brain tricking me, but this looks like Final Fantasy XI online to me. And I had to literally go Google Final Fantasy XI just so I could see an image from the game with my own eyes and go, okay, it's better. <laughs> had to convince yourself yeah but it's like but even then i was like it's not as better as you'd think uh, uh you know at the time that when did a realm reborn come out in like 14 10 well no like- originally final fantasy 14 came out in 10 but i think a realm reborn was after it had failed for so long it might have been 2013 uh yeah it was a few 20- years but you'd think 13 years apart you could do so much more and then as you're moving up you know like um 
World of Warcraft with Cataclysm completely redid the whole world. It was like, oh, we had a big in-game expansion, and it was about the whole world being changed. So we're going to go in, and everything that hasn't been getting attention because we've been focusing elsewhere with expansions is now going to get a full world redesign. I would love to have seen that with the PS5 version. But I agree. It's interesting. I'm still enjoying the game way more than I would have thought, but I'm finding it to where it feels a lot like a normal Final Fantasy which I know you've not played as many. But the I problem is, is it feels like a normal Final Fantasy like once every four hours. Yeah, I can see that. Like That's when you get your... Uh, you actually get some kind of interesting story. And yeah. And then the rest of the four hours are just like, I need some meat from a Toki-Toki. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, okay, guy, you, I guess you so. You could also be falling into the same trap I did where you're not actually doing the main quest. Well, which is why I'm, I'm aware of that because thankfully their their icon usage is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I'm also trying to level, so little dumb side quests that are going to be in the area where the main quest is anyway. I'll go ahead and take them on. Yeah, and do I them. Do. But uh, the one thing I can say to that is I got my character up to level thirty, and I'm still trying to catch up on the main quest, and I'm at level thirty five doing level twenty four missions. So yeah, just be I'm careful a, with it. Yeah, I'm level 28, and I've actually slowed down doing side content to where now I'm doing, after a few hours of doing like level 20 quests when I was like level 26, 27, I'm up to doing like level 25 quests. Nice. So, but yeah, it's not it's not bad. It's just very weird playing that game and being like, they really wanted this to be a single-player story. Like a, you know, we had that conversation on Twitter about like, it's odd that they would make a Final Fantasy game uh, online and then give it the main line. That was where me and Gideon were coming from to a degree, mm-hmm. is that it feels weird to make an online Final Fantasy a main entry number. And I think it's this is kind of the reason, right? It's because it really only feels like a normal Final Fantasy once every four or so hours to where you have like a normal Final Fantasy in there, but by the time that you played your 300 hours and gotten it, it was only like 30 hours worth of normal Final Fantasy to begin with. <laughs> True, uh, and with a very different genre supporting the story and structure, so it, it's odd, but it is good. I, I mean, I'm I'm really enjoying it, though. I don't know, like, are you paying paying for it? Yes. Do you find that your enjoyment is being any hampered at all by the fact that there's a subscription cost that you're having? To, like, in the back of your mind, you're aware of paying. No. Okay. Because I am I, curious about that. The moment that it, I reach the point where the free is no longer enough for me, and if I want to keep playing, I'll have to wrangle with that. Do I do it? And then once I start playing with that subscription in the back of my mind, does it change my enjoyment? I don't know. I get, for me, that the stuff doesn't ever bother me. I'm the guy who spent $200 to get a knife in Apex, so <laughs> doesn't that doesn't really bother me. It was like I got a 20% XP boost, and that was enough to get me to do it anyway. Oh, you got a 20% XP boost on uh, Final Fantasy? Yeah. Oh, look at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Making moves. Yeah, I think right now I'm, I'm a hyper broke, like no joke. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's even more on my mind than it otherwise would be. Yeah, I can see that. But I also think that you know there are people out there that like to be patient and think about things like this, and that may be a big deciding factor as to why they don't typically play MMOs. Is like It's not even the style of gameplay, because <clears throat> if you want a Final Fantasy game that's like an MMO in the way that it plays, go play Final Fantasy XII. It's right. very much Final Fantasy MMO, but in a single-player world, and it's a lot better for it. 
you know, if you like that style of gameplay that, oh, you, they aggro you and it draws a line of them. And as you attack and wait for your next bar to cool down for you to do the move again, you can still move around freely. It's basically 14's combat in a mainline single player game. Well, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll check out 12. That's on my list with uh, uh, 9. Nine's the one I want to play. Uh, that's actually a really interesting range because nine is a very traditional final fantasy game with a weird twist right toward the i guess like halfway point okay and then 12 is like a traditional final fantasy world with non-traditional final fantasy gameplay gotcha i just like the little mage guy that's why i want to play it yeah yeah vv's awesome it's, it's actually kind of why I wanted to be a black mage because Authomaturge, but the mm. precur- precursor to black mage in Final Fantasy XIV, because I was like, wait, are you telling me in the long run I could look like Vivi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah Vivi's awesome. awesome. Oh, well, that's cool, man. I'm yeah, curious buddy. to see. Have you like just been sitting there waiting, wondering if I'm actually getting Platinums and not telling you? No, because I just decided I wasn't going to tell you. So <laughs> I figured as much. But I thought to myself the other day, I thought, Chris might be not trusting me right now and just looking and thinking, like, he's not talking about it, but he's doing it. I just, I know it. No, I'm assuming you're not. I'll know because I'll see you download, like, the 10 games that I already platinumed very quickly, and I'll be like, ah, oh, here he comes. Well, you know the ace in my hole, though? Yeah, what's that? I can do that on the Vita. Mm-hmm. You would never know. I don't even have to sync those trophies until the last day. That's true, but I guess you couldn't buy... You'd have to buy those games. That's mm-hmm. all I guess so I'm thinking, like, as I have them bought already. Yeah. So that's a fair point, but... Yeah, if I really wanted to... Uh, I said the ace in my hole. That's even more funny. <laughs> the ace in my sleeve. <laughs> that's a new saying right there. You gross. The ace in my hole. <laughs> Jesus, but, bro. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but, yeah. I guess... Um, and I'm going to go ahead and apologize for the people who maybe didn't get around to it and wish they could have. Um, though I do think it was a little bit of a niche um, community's take question to begin with. I wish that Twitter wasn't so limited to account because I really wanted to have a version like for people who don't care about PS Home in general, what would make you like getting Platinums more? Thankfully, some people answered that way anyway. <clears throat> so. The community state question is basically platinum trophies are already enough for some, uh, enough pull for some people, but a possible return to PS Home gives Sony a chance to add rewards on top of that for trophies by unlocking items in a social space for you to show off. What would be your ideal PS Home reward for your favorite game slash platinum? And I kind of wanted to go extra, like, you know, if there's a game that you love, but you never had the, the, motivation to platinum it is there something that playstation home could offer or even playstation in general could offer that may make you a little more likely to do it so uh chris i want to since we didn't really talk about that last week i'm going to open up with a weird one for you do you have a game that you've never bothered to platinum that you think you might if there was like a little extra reward outside of just the platinum because you know you love platinums already but Mm -hmm. i'm sure even you have that one platinum that's like it's too much Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's a hard question. Disco Elysium is definitely one that's on my list. That one's annoying to get. Um, oh, Civ Six. That's 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 the one I really want, but it's hard. I could see that. Yeah. Hmm. Those games get long, and then they uh, they have like very specific like you need to get 
a piece of art from Donatello, Leonardo, and Michelangelo, and have a and have a pizza place and have a sewer system for a trophy. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a funny joke, and it sounds so annoying. <laughs> Yeah, you know what's weird is like I feel like trophy design to some degree is just the developers being like, what's a really dumb, incredibly hard trophy that we can just put as like a joke trophy, but it actually does get in the way of you getting a platinum. Yeah. I would They're- almost love if they made a trophy that the description sounded crazy hard to get. But it was just very easy. But like you just walked into a place and it was like every like the person was just like, Oh, you'd like to get this, 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 and this? And it just gave sure, it to you. There you go. <laughs> Uh, that would be interesting because I feel like there's platinums or there's you know platinum lists where I'll start going through like I'll I'll be really liking the game I'll be like I might platinum this mm-hmm. and then I'll look at the trophies and I'll see normally at least one trophy that's like I don't know about that one yeah like that was see, the the no shell run in Mortal Shell almost got me to not do it because I was like yeah. I had been playing the game enough to be like how the hell would you play this game without a shell <laughs> yeah. And it's just you can't get hit once, right? That was the whole thing. You, uh, Yeah, that's actually it. You can't get hit at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm never doing that. Um, but I guess <laughs> I looked through my list a little bit. So I guess my top, I guess technically my top nine, right? It would. I would want to have the, if there was like some kind of display, I would want all the Yakuza Platinums and just have them up there on the display altogether, like the Mass Effect ones I did. But the real answer is Dragon Ball Fighters. Oh yeah, that one. That honestly, I would imagine most Arc System work games have ridiculous platinums. Yeah, that one. This one, I don't even know that it's that hard. Outside of the fact that you have to win, uh, I think you have to win a thousand matches or something like that. Ooh. Oh no, it's win twenty ranked matches, which is hard. But then it's also the like, hey, you have to do all the combo challenges, which are always the worst. <laughs> Yeah, fighting game platinums tend to be super obtuse and weird. And every time I go to look at them, even if it's a fighting game I like, something normally pushes me off of it. And I go, yeah, I don't like these types of games that much. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to go for fighters, but hard, man. That's going to take a long time. Yeah, fighters is a really good fighting game. Oh, it's brilliant. But even then, I couldn't even see myself to beat the game as much as I enjoyed it. It got to that point where eventually... I was worn off by the mechanics and then their version of telling the story was just, it's the same problem as most Dragon Ball games have where the story is just tied up in trying to basically be another version of telling you the Dragon Ball story. Mm-hmm. And so it gets to a point where I've experienced that so many times that even if I like the game's mechanics, I'm like, eh, it's kind of why I didn't want to play Dragon Ball Kakarot. Yeah, it's just another... <sighs> yeah, it's rough. But uh, let's get around to answering some from other people. So we got one over on our uh, Facebook. Uh, we have two of them, actually. And I posted this really late. So I, like I said, there's going to be some people that didn't get a chance to answer. But uh, Josh Drago said, rewards would be costumes, trophy room with platinums on shelf, uh, furniture, and houses. Now, I'm going to have to figure out this last one. What is this houses? Are you telling I, me if I get a platinum in Resident Evil 7, can my entire house from outside look like the Resident Evil 7 mansion? That would be cool. Or if you could get the the police station from two as your like uh, abode. Oh yeah, like it, it basically like your vestibule looked like like the entrance to your house kind of looked like the facade of the Raccoon yeah. City Police Department. Or even you go in and it's like, oh, here's the lobby. This is your home. You know, that would be sick. Like none of the other rooms work. It's just the main lobby with the staircase on each yeah. side. 
or even if the other rooms work but they don't take you into the police station but it's like you go here where you would go to the library but this is your trophy closet and you know that kind of stuff that would be sick that, that would be very cool i would imagine there's reasons why they would have hard time doing that it basically have to be like partnerships with everybody but it would be really cool it would be that would make high in the sky yeah make it a way more cool way to get a platinum though too it's oh, like hey we've we've made know. sure that every person that we work with uh knows that part of which one thing to think about now though is i guess small developers would have a hard time delivering that same thing unless yeah. it was going to be sony taking the onus on them to be like <clears throat> you make the platinum we'll make the reward you know yeah, the, re- the reward may just be us asking you for like the uh all we need from your art team is the layout of the raccoon city thing and the assets behind it we'll put it into our thing yeah because otherwise it would be hard i think it'd be cool if you make capcom do it for themselves but yeah but i don't think they would (laughs) yeah i don't know they seem to be enjoying that sony partnership quite a bit maybe you're not wrong i mean a lot of the developers are and publishers i guess capcom a little less so they seem to be kind of keeping platform agnostic but square on the other hand (laughs) Are really enjoying their Sony plat, uh, Sony yeah. promotions. They'll keep taking Sony's money, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Last one over there is a longtime listener, Joey McPherson. He says, "If uh, you get a platinum, you get a themed shirt for platinum owners only." Oh, that'd be kind of cool because then you could show it off even when you're Everywhere. not at your house. That would right? be cool. I like that. Yeah, he even says. Also, a, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, even if it's just the image of what the platinum image is, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, also, maybe like for some games on PS4 where you got themes now in home, it would be a picture on the wall or like the premium themes that moved. You get moving pictures that you can hang up on your wall. Yeah, that would Interesting be as cool. well. I guess I, I am going to really miss the idea of like, I don't know. Where do you stand on whether or not PlayStation 5 has room for a theme? Because I know we've talked about it and you don't really care mm-hmm. on the themes. But like, do you think that there's? Do you think that there'd be a way for Sony to be like, yeah, some people are going to want it. Let's just go ahead and put it in. Or do you think that the way the system is set up to be so quick that Sony sees no real reason to spend the time? I think it's that, but I also think the design of the home screen just doesn't fit. Uh, like it's not conducive themes. to a theme. Yeah, it's not conducive to it because every everything you click on has a different background. You know, you'd have to disable all that and do all this stuff. It's just easier not to have them. True, because the only, like the cross media bar doesn't really exist so much anymore as it's like it it got moved into a refined version of the quick menu. It'd be like the only way that a theme would end up working, I guess, in some ways would be that your quick menu icons look different. Yeah, and it would be like, oh, I guess when you click on friends, it says something different, you know, or it looks different, but... I don't think it would make a massive difference yeah. to the aesthetic of the console. So it's not really worth doing, in my opinion. Yeah, so maybe that would be a cool way to do it. It's kind of pay homage to the idea of the theme in home by giving you something that's like that. Yeah. Because I, I really did love that like the Kingdom Hearts HD remaster came with... Uh, well, in general, it came with a theme that was pretty cool. But then if you beat the game, you got a theme... If you beat the game on the hardest difficulty, you got a theme. And if you platinum it, I think you got another theme as well. And I think that might have carried up into the uh, 0.2 Birth by Sleep, whatever it was called, the uh, Kingdom Hearts 
2.9 or whatever. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> what it was called now. Uh, but yeah, I think it carried over to that too because I think if you beat it or did something, you got an extra theme. And that was a cool idea for a long time. But as much as I'm going to miss them on thought alone, I think I agree that the system's just not set up to really need it. It's Everything's a tile, and that tile has its own information that just makes it really hard to get anywhere with that. And even if it was going to be, what would be the point of it being a theme if all they did was basically had it to where every theme you saw the background for like a split second between things and then just let people set a background? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just that's it. Yeah. Ah, well, it's a cool thing. Uh, let's see. What do you have open? You got any of them open right now? Uh, I have Discord. You want to pull some from there? Sure. Awesome Dave says uh, it would be hard for him to choose, but if, for the Dead Space Platinum, he'd want a Necromorph head mounted like a hunting trophy. Yes, that would be very sick. That would be sick, yeah. And then for the Skyrim Platinum, he'd like he'd like something that when, when approached, you get dragon shouted across the room, which would be <laughs> very funny and extra- extraordinarily annoying. I thought so. about that. I read it when he first posted it, and I thought... It would be fun for the first few times, but you'd set it up in a position where people would actually walk by, but then you'd forget, you'd walk by, and you'd get dragon shouted. I do like the idea of the necromorph head, but I kind of like the idea of it being almost like a necromorph bust, uh, mainly because I love the idea of being able to walk by it, and it like reanimates and like jumps up and kind of jump scares. (laughs) That makes me think of a cool one, which would be if you had like the Alien Isolation Platinum, you, it's just every time someone goes into that room, you just hear rattling in the walls. It's not even like a, it's not even a bust or a statue or anything like that. You just get the weird rattling and some roaring in your house. And like maybe you get like a little rattle that you can see from like a, a shaking of like yeah. your air vent. Yeah, or like a, you see the tail go back up into the air vent really quickly. Yeah, you know what would be cool about the other one though is that you'd have you would almost be able to do that without any permission from anybody you wouldn't have to be like hey do i get permission to use the necromorph's face you could just be like all we're doing is alluding to the game yeah exactly going back some idea going back to the idea of the necromorph though i actually wanted to go back to being a mounted like trophy thing but still have it be like so much of the necromorph hopefully be on there invisible and have it be like the they may not be as prevalent up there, but have you ever seen, at least when you were a kid, the fish that people could buy that when you hit a button, it would flop and sing? Mm. Do you even know ro- remotely what I'm talking about? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm like racking my brain. So it was fake to begin with. It was like a rubber fish mounted on a fake like cheap wood plaque, and it had a button, and the, and the back of the plaque had like a battery slot and everything, and you put batteries in it, and you'd hit this red button, and the fish would like flop on the wood thing hung on the wall and sing some like dumb country oh. song. Yes, okay, I know exactly what you're saying. It's like Billy the Bass or something like that. Maybe. I'm actually trying to remember the song that it sang. Uh, let, let me see if I can Google this real quick. Wall-mounted bass that sings. I hope I can find this. Big mouth Billy Bass. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah invented invented <laughs> that's even more funny <laughs> uh animatronic singing prop that's hilarious i wish i could remember what it was that it sang oh uh one of them that had was uh don't worry be happy i really? remember that 
I wonder if you could buy different song versions. But anyway, my idea across the board. Oh, hey, there it is. Uh, kitschy cover songs such as Don't Worry, Be Happy, and Take Me to the River. That's right. I remember <laughs> Take Me to the River. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Anyway, the idea was that you'd have like a necromorph that had a button and you could press it and you'd see the necromorph body do a jig <laughs> and sing a song. See, that makes me think like you could have a persona one where every time you press it, it plays a different persona song. Oh, that Ooh. would be kind of cool, actually. I'd love that. Mm. Mm. I wonder if there'd be a way, because like, you remember the PS4 had that uh, partnership with Spotify that could still be going on PS5, and I'm unaware of it, but I don't think it is. I think Spotify is on PS5. I don't know about the partnership. but Okay, well, either way, the idea was that you could you know, just tap into Spotify and do it. It'd be cool if it was like the system for home was able to tap into Spotify and just play the persona themes from there. Just basically mm-hmm. do a random one of it and just be linked to that. I would take that. That would be cool. That would be cool. And it would be like Sony could just say, Hey, you're going to get paid streaming revenue from someone streaming it. Yeah. That'd be smart. Yeah. Interesting way to pay it. But yeah, that would be pretty interesting. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go grab one off of Twitter. We didn't have a lot of them. Uh, Sand Coffin, he says, Platinum exclusive themes and avatar pictures, which goes to show how much people really liked themes. Uh, <laughs> but he says, meaning they got to get their crap together and get to adding themes on PS5 already. Um, so we've already had that conversation. I really do wonder, because I know a lot of people love themes. I just, I don't, I don't know. I think it's got to be something that gives you the gratis, like the, the satisfaction of a theme without actually being a theme because i don't know that they're really all that useful <laughs> you're not unless you know. basically dumb the ps5 down which yeah I, I guess you could give people the option if you want to dumb the system down from a ui level which i mean if they're going to keep supporting cross play for or cross um not cross play but cross generational games for as long as they are then clearly you have no want to make sure that you're pushing people into your idea of the future and if you're not doing that, then why not give people the ability to have basically the PS5 run on the PS4 UI? If I'm, I would be very surprised to see that they're not running from the same operating system that they've based PSP off of, PS3 off of, and PS4 off of. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they could do personally. I just don't see it happening on PS5. Yeah. And I spend so little time on the home screen that I have to kind of agree. Like, you know, yeah. unless you basically just don't know what to do and you're just on your home screen for a second while you're waiting, I don't even know what you'd be on long enough for it to for it to I mean, I, I would argue it's the same case on the PS4 too, but that's just me. And yeah, I, I but I, I think yeah, but I think the XMB itself is designed in such a way where Sony got rid of a lot of that, right? Instead of media being on the cross media bar to where you're actually having to go to a an icon and then go down from there, media has its complete own tab, right? And then games and stuff are set up different, and you dig into settings to get to all the things that PS4 used to have on the home screen, and that's or you go into the quick menu. So it's mm-hmm. like most of that's been made redundant by UI refinement. Yeah, I could see that. I think it's just, I think it's just a, a dream we have to give up on. It doesn't seem to just make sense on the PS5. Yeah, I mean, personally, we'll see. We, we shall see. see what we shall see. All right, let's see. Luke Davidson said, "If PS Home has it to where you have your own place, I'd say a trophy case." Uh, Luke, I'm going to tell you, it it should because that was the idea behind the original. There's a social space for everyone, and then your own home that you can decorate and bring, uh, invite friends over to. You know, so. I would say so. 
He says, if it does not, I think it would be cool if they gave you a costume for each Platinum. You could have a costume for the main character of each Platinum. That'd be cool. That'd be interesting. On certain games, I would almost wonder if it'd be more interesting for it to be a costume of the enemy. The reason I think about that, right, is there's a lot of first-person games where you never see your character. Yeah. So you're like not Resident Evil. you're not bonded to the way that character looks. Like I don't even know what Ethan Waters looks like. Ethan Winters. Winters. Yes. See, look, <laughs> goes to show you. I'm thinking John Waters for some reason, but Ethan Winters. Yes, I don't yeah. even know what he looks like. I know what his girlfriend looks like because she gets a cool scene where they just want it to be like, "Ooh, VR," where you get to see her face in like a reflection of water, <laughs> and of course, you get to see her in general. But exactly, she cuts your hand. Yeah, she does. But yeah, it's, I think for first person games, it'd be almost more interesting if it was like, well, the thing that you've visually drawn as like your view to that game would be like for Resident Evil 8 you would just play as uh, old thick vampire mommy <laughs> she could, you could just get a, a bed with her in it at all times <laughs> <laughs> it'd be funny if you could like, that would be the hard part right you'd have to name your character and then, but it'd be funny if she could say your character's name like Chimera <laughs> come back to bed <laughs> Oh, Bong Ripper four twenty sixty nine. Let's <laughs> let's hang out. <laughs> oh, oh man, that would be rough. All right, last one from it. Twitter. Uh, one of our patrons, Mark Shutt, says, "No real interest in home, so not worried about a reward. But a counter in your home room showing your trophy count would be cool. Yeah, that would that be would cool. be nice. Even if it's just like a little wall mounted, like like a Nasdaq yeah. ticker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be kind of neat. How many platinums do you have? How many tro- uh, silvers and golds and and bronzes do you have? Yeah, that would be cool. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> Look, Sony. Neat. I hope you're listening here. If you're going to bring back home." nudge nudge wink wink you got some ideas here <laughs> all right let's see you gonna grab one off of uh discord is that what you're about to do and i, I was not no good but, um let's <laughs> see josh ayers <laughs> says i'm down with anything i did stupid stuff for the xbox avatar rewards like carry a, a gnome through left for dead 2 i actually did that too <laughs> so it's funny that you bring that up because Shafe Dog two four seven, another one of our patrons, just like yep. Josh, comes in afterwards and says, "I think Sony needs an avatar system for home, similar to what Microsoft has." Uh, and they, I mean, he goes on. Then you unlock items, ornaments, cosmetics for your avatar and home by playing games and by insert shock face microtransactions. Um, Platinums unlock new themed spaces in your home crib, while the gold, silver, and bronze levels unlock decor for that space or your crib in general. Ultimately, home needs to be social uh, and playable in VR, like VR Chat is now. Yeah, I, I think having like the avatar system would make a lot of sense for home, and I think that's what the point is, isn't it? You make an avatar in home. Yeah, but before in home, they did have stuff, right? And it, and I do think there was microtransactions where you could buy certain items. Uh, but I think the weird thing about this is how often I think Sony is too early to an idea and then they don't actually fully go the length with it. And then right. not long after, someone else basically takes the idea and refines it to the way it should be. Um, and then normally keeps it for a lot longer. So a good example of that is that idea of an avatar. Um, mm-hmm. You know, They really ended up making that a big push right towards the end of 360. And of course, the, the me was the same basic idea. Um, right. But yeah, Sony did that. And then you Sony had home to begin with. 
and it didn't really do amazing. And then VR chat comes and blows it out of the water, being <laughs> virtually the same game, uh, just with more freedom. And uh, the yeah. one thing Sony doesn't appear to like is player freedom. freedom. <laughs> Very Chinese of them. Hey, to be fair, their play, their uh, slogan for a long time was live in our world or live in your world play in ours so it's like hey yeah. this is you're in our world buddy you don't get to make the rules <laughs> this um, is my world now yeah uh but yeah and another one that was like brought up right was from rude days 93 where he says not really a direct answer to your question but i would prefer if you received playstation credits to buy things for platinum trophies like they did a couple of years ago for me this would be the only way i would care about trophies something similar to what they do for achievements and microsoft rewards would be ideal and Sony did do that prior to Microsoft doing this and then just stopped <laughs> and gave it up. Yeah. Typical Sony, man. Throughout the entire um, Vita of the company, they tend to do that, you know? Yeah. It's, <coughs> I, I mean, I think the one time where they may, well, I'm not going to say one time because clearly there's examples. They've succeeded so many times in their industries but some of their more interesting ideas tend to fall flat whereas other times they actually do get something out of it like i think psvr has been such a big success for them after move was not and move should have been in a lot of ways it was cool but it's just they did too little too late but the weird thing is is how often it's like the one-on one-off thing right it's kind of how i've always viewed uh windows where Windows Vista or Windows XP, everyone loved. Windows Vista, garbage. Windows yeah. 7, everyone loved. Windows 8, garbage. <laughs> Windows 8.1 was like a good enough until they could finally get out to Windows 10. Everybody likes Windows 10 for the most part. And I feel like that's where we are because everybody loved iToy. They didn't do a lot with it, but it was a big success. And so Sony was like, okay, Move makes tons of sense. And then Move did terrible. And then they're like, okay, well, I guess we'll do VR. And VR did great. I almost wonder. That's why I'm always like, they should just do one more handheld just to see. I agree. Because <laughs> it's either that every other product's going to work for you. And then you know that if you ever do a follow-up to the next handheld that you actually do do, hand do do, that you get to um, basically be like, ah, don't worry about the R&D on this one. <laughs> this one's going to flop, guys. Just put something else out so we can get to the next one that'll do well. Yeah, I'd uh, like to get. I'd like to see them try another handheld, but I'd like to see them try a lot of their ambitious ideas again. Yeah, hey, at least they're continuing with VR, so that's good. That's true. Watch this VR just flounder terribly. I would. I'd be so disappointed. I would love to see them do really well for themselves, but we'll have to see. As would I. But yeah, that's uh, pretty much all the answers. So thank you guys. Appreciate it. Interesting ideas. And overall, I do think there's something to be said about uh, about <clears throat> trophies, but clearly not enough. Because the one thing I will say is that for everything said, and surprisingly no one brought it up, is that Nintendo doesn't have trophies. And as much as some people say like it'd be cool if they had them, it's not having any kind of impact on sales. No, as it's is not. obvious. So to some degree, trophies really aren't that important, even if we've gotten to a point where we view them as like a really cool added thing that it would be really weird to see them go away for PlayStation or Xbox, you know? 
It would be weird. I don't know what I would do if they went away. <laughs> like, I wonder how many Steam people. Do you know many people that play heavily on Steam? Do they care about Steam achievements? I've never heard one, someone, but that's kind of like, it, almost, it, ironically, it almost goes back to my issue with uh, Nier Automata, where Steam is so hackable that they mean nothing. <laughs> that's true. Though the weird thing I remember about Steam, and I don't know how much you've dealt with it, but I know you play on computers sometimes. I do. Is the weird, like, Steam currency of cards that you get from playing games. Yeah. Those are neat. And that they have like their own like economy for the cards of how much a player wants it, so how much they're willing to give you of this fake currency. It's a very yeah. odd system. It's it's interesting. But I like it. You can use it for avatars and stuff. I got a cool little Apex Legends avatar that goes on my account, so it's neat. See? Yeah. So people like the idea. It's just how much is in them for them to get it doing or get to doing that because at some point it's more of everybody's just chasing everyone else but are they just doing it so they can say they have that feature too or is it because most players actually do find they like that feature yeah i don't know i'm not sure i honestly don't have much opinion on it if i'm being real yeah i don't blame you all right well i guess that leads us into the news but before chris bomb 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 takes over news today uh chris so graciously filled in when my computer decided to be an updated (laughs) an update drama queen um last minute but remember that the show is brought to you by you guys whether you listen to it completely free and just give us the time of your day to be in your ears which is amazing Uh, or if you are one of the people that actually goes and supports us on patreon for as little as a dollar per month we appreciate you you allow us to do this show without having to worry about digging into sponsorships we were in that world it was interesting glad we had the opportunity but i much prefer living outside of it if we can keep it so thanks to all of you that make that happen uh and i'm gonna hush up now so chris take us uh take us to the matthews bridge oh oh boy it's a lot of pressure. Um, let's see. Article number one. We got Blue Box Studios in the news again. This time for tweeting an image promoting their new trailers app with a blurry image of a man wearing an eye patch and having a beard. We don't really have a solid idea of what this could be, but I have a snaking suspicion that this could be more than we bargained for. Uh, <laughs> considering evidence that the PSN store page for the abandoned app preload has gone from a forest that was in the OG trailer. So now it's a picture of a blurred door. The so, wildest spec. Go ahead. I have to say for just a second. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna be real with you. You, yeah. you, know, you posted in our little private Discord that we sometimes shoot stuff back and forth in. Yeah. A picture showing that. And I'm not gonna yeah. lie. I just realized that this cat had a beard. I yeah. almost. <laughs> Joking aside, I almost thought it was Majima behind. Like yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and I still think that, that could be Majima. Hazaruchan. <laughs> but I just realized I'm looking. I'm like I can see kind of like a a blonde or gray beard. It, it's yeah. it's got such a ga- like a, a Gaussian blur around it that it's so hard to figure out. <laughs> I don't even know for sure that it's an eye patch. It's a hundred percent an eye patch. I mean, it don't definitely looks like one. <laughs> But it's so blurred that it could be one of those like, what's this Pokemon? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I think uh, there's other stuff like the text that's blurred out there is very Metal Gear. Supposedly it says, welcome to Silent Hill. So either way. <laughs> the wild speculation now is that Sony has resurrected two of Konami's abandoned IP. 
uh, feeds into previous rumors of an MGS remake from Bluepoint, and a Russian journalist and industry insider, Anton Logvinov, has said that Blue Box's abandon is Metal Gear Solid 6. Okay, I'm going to be real here. Yes. I know that there's got to be people who are tired of hearing about this to some degree just because <laughs> it's so... It's so... It's ridiculous. This is basically like teenage girls, will they, won't they? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I understand that, but I will say if it finally gets to the point that anything of this happens, and if that is actually it, I'm not saying that I think it is, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm past the point. I'm just... I am being the teenage girl right now who's just doing that. Does he love me? He loves me not. I don't care. I think it's just fun to kind of live in the world where you don't know what the hell's going on. So you yeah. just have fun. Yep. But if all of this, even going back to that big weird cryptic thing from Blue Point where they had that tweet that was like, basically like, well, we could be remaking Demon Souls or Castlevania or Metal Gear Solid or Legend of Dragoon or they, uh, like there were so many games. If every bit of this was just to set up for this long-term goal of actually having it be where Abandon's all about them announcing both Silent Hill mm-hmm. and Metal Gear Solid and Abandon was all just about them picking up Abandon IP, that would be so, that would be so cool. Yeah. That would be super dope marketing. I wonder be. how many people would actually be mad about the ruse of it all or how many people would just, once it's revealed, would be like, all right, that was cool. I feel like people wouldn't be mad because this is what they're hoping for. If Blue Box is just ma- is just some random studio making a random game, they're in trouble. Um, I, I still but, don't know about that. I, 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 I have a suspicion that I think you're correct, but I just don't know. You know, I, I really don't. The problem is they're using, they would be using clear references to Silent Hill and now Metal Gear to sell their project, which, given their history of making bad stuff, assuming they're real, it sound it just sounds like you know, um, what's the word? Just teasing you to get you interested, and it's just going to be nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible. Yeah. Uh, for some context, the Blue Point tweet was. So calm this spooky night. A symphony of rumors, not one but two, return from the shadow. A resistance to dart home as black monsters escape twisted hills to wander lands and siphon souls. Filter your candy collections soft from solid and be eco-friendly. Have a metal Halloween. See, this is ridiculous. I'm telling you, this is Metal Gear. I fully, I'm fully on the Metal Gear train, and I'm fully on the Silent Hill train. Okay, but I'm like, why the rest? Like, why the reference to Resistance? Why the reference to so many non Konami IP? Oh, it's just to. Well, I mean, they 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 tease Demon Souls in this too, so like, it's not just that one. Sure, but I think it's sure. Metal Gear and demon souls with what they're talking about or is this just a studio and i'm I'm playing devil's advocate here but for a second but or is this just a studio who's known for doing hd remasters and remakes of games basically just putting a lot of games out there that are old classics that they might love to remake one day i would say that would make sense if it wasn't the not one but two return from shadow 
Yeah, that to me is like us them being like, we got two games coming, and, and two of them are in here. You know that episode of The Office where Stanley's cheating on his wife, and so Michael accidentally yeah. tells everyone. So then, yeah. once he feels bad that he's already told, once <laughs> Stanley asked him not to, he just goes around and he makes up a bunch of fake rumors. Yes, yes, exactly. Do you think that's basically what that tweet was? Two yes. of these games are real. Exactly, it's two <laughs> truths and a lie. Yeah, exactly. That's what I think. Hmm. Um, so, any you have any more on Blue Box and Abandoned and that Metal I just Gear genuinely and... can't wait to see what it is. <laughs> Neither can I, I. I. I'm not even gonna lie. Like I won't be disappointed no matter what at this point because I don't <laughs> I know agree. what's going on. I think I said it a couple weeks ago. I hope it's nothing, and we get to see the fallout from what they've done. <laughs> yeah, I, I. It's it's. One of those things where it's just a good time to be into games to the degree that yeah. you can see this. Because I, while I know people are tired of it, it's one of the more interesting things I it's can so ever cool. say have happened. And like like I've said... Though it also shows some of the worst parts of extreme game fandom, right? True. Like the people who are like sending death threats and saying like, if it's not this, I'll kill you and stuff like that. Well, that's insane. You, you've gone too far. For the that people that are just part of the ride of like, like I said, will they or won't they? And it doesn't actually matter what the result is. I'm right there with you guys. <laughs> That's where I want to be. <laughs> exactly. So, all right. So next up, Jason Schreier and Jeff Grubb seem to indicate that marquee PlayStation four title horizon forbidden West has been delayed into quarter one of 2022. Herman Holst had in, had hinted as much in an interview in June saying, uh, for horizon, we think we are on track to release this holiday season, but that isn't quite certain. Uh, we are working as hard as we can to confirm that to you as soon as we can. Holst, clean it up, buddy. What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, marquee PlayStation 4 title, Horizon Forbidden West, is delayed till 2022. How do you feel about that? We'll see. And honestly, both of their track records are good enough that I feel like this is true. I also feel like it's true because in June, when he initially said that, yeah, I feel like Herman was kind of saying, like, you know, We'll, if we're going to do it this year, you'll know soon. And if not, we're just going to stay quiet until we actually have a date. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's basically where we are. So yeah. it makes sense to me. Uh, I mean, it's, it's almost August. It's not, there's not enough time to really show the game. Well, I mean, to some degree, they don't really need to show the game anymore, right? They could pull a God of War here. God of War released with very little coverage outside of that initial big spiel. Yeah. And it was given well, a release date they about haven't a even month. Done the, they haven't even done the big spiel yet. Well, they have. They they showed Not, the big gameplay thing in, at oh, the state of play. That I was guess a, I that was as much that, as we but, saw of God of War. Fair enough. And God of War went on to be a huge success, and they didn't give it a release date until like a month before it came out. Um, so it's it's totally possible, and there's precedent set for them to do that. I don't think that they like doing that though necessarily, <clears> but I also think that was kind of the reason for Herman right saying. Well, well, we'll see. It gives you the feeling that they should know soon, but maybe not. You know, and and again, I think this is very likely true. But I will agree with some people that Sony's going to have to come out and confirm it one way or another eventually. So I guess I'll just wait for them, even if I do think that there's a really high chance of this being true. I agree. So, um, more delay news: Ken of Bridge of Spirits was delayed into September. Um, the game was already delayed once due to COVID, but the team wanted more time to follow us the game. Take your time. It's only a month. Right move. That game looks great. It does. Can't wait to play it. And I can't believe it's priced where it's at. I, I'm, I love that. Is that it, a 40? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I think that that's where it needs to be. Um, 
I, 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 let me say, let me back up. Clearly, I haven't played the game. I can't give mm-hmm. an exact value proposition for it. But I think looking at the game and what the game has to offer and the studio size, and the pedigree of the studio, how many people are going to be really aware of who they are and what they've done, I think it makes more sense to do a game of what looks to be this scope, this style, and single player, and I'm probably on the shorter side at that $40 price point. I think way more people are going to give you a chance. And I also just like to see it because of the fact that so many games have been pushing up into that 70 range, even when it's games and types of games that you've never seen do that before. And you <clears> kind of <throat> go, it's, it's worrisome, even though it may be, it may end up being fine. You know? Yeah. This is one of those games where I, I could have seen it at 70, but you're, you, you've sold me a hundred percent at 40, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the big thing too. That's why I like this price point. I think that games of this style that are more what if buys, like I don't know, I kind of like it. I think that the the conversation goes from I might buy it depending on this, this, or this at seventy to a oh I'll definitely buy it at forty. Yeah, exactly. And this I is think, a no brainer. Well, it's like it's 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 the idea of the impulse buy, <clears> right? I think the the biggest downside to the seventy dollar price point, even though it's only ten dollars more, is that it's just that much more to push people away from the idea of an impulse buy. And it means that more people are going to lean on waiting for reviews. And then sometimes that means that people wait for reviews. And even though the reviews are solid or even good, you get to a point where they've already waited. So they're like, I'll just, I'll keep waiting and I'll, and I'll keep waiting. And then they'll put themselves in that. I'll wait till it's $40 and then it comes around to $40 and then they've already forgotten about it. And your game is just suffering when it could have been more people just seeing it and going, you know what? It looks good. $40 is a relatively easier pill to swallow in case I end up not loving it or that it's not the most amazing game. <clears throat> Bam. I'm going to buy it. Exactly. Cause even the $10 price difference in a lot of the focus, right? Games, uh, our focus home interactive rather, um, that $10 price difference was nice because it'd be kind of that thing of like, well, at least it's only 50. And when you go to Walmart and they would be $10 cheaper sometimes, you can go, well, at least it's only 40 You know, I took right. a big chance on Maneater when it first came out on PS4. And I sat there and thought, well, it's 50 And then I went to Walmart and it was $41.99. And I thought, man, it's 40 bucks. And I impulse bought it. And I'm glad and it was worth it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. Maneater is awesome. It is. All right. Uh, next thing on the agenda is. This is just for me. I wanted to say it because I'm excited for this. Uh, Smash Brothers competitor Nickelodeon All Star Brawl is up for pre-order. I love that it's competitor because <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Could not, be. not even, dude. The biggest gaming story of the year would be if Nickelodeon All Star Brawl surpasses <laughs> Smash Brothers, <laughs> or even even gets close to it. If it becomes a competitor, like a real what competitor. Even, what if it doesn't even get close, but it is at Evo? That would be amazing. <laughs> that would blow my mind. It would be a contender. You know what I mean? It would. <laughs> I don't know. Did you ever watch that uh, complete tangent here? But did you ever watch that Smash clip I sent the other day? Oh, in I, our private Discord. I don't. Oh no, I don't think I did. Oh my god, it's so good. That made me want to watch more competitive Smash. So the guy's playing Steve from Minecraft, and he's destroying this kid, and he builds an F, and then knocks the guy off and wins the game. <laughs> Oh my god! I was, like, I was like, that was the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. I love it. 
Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, awesome. There's a lot of interesting stuff that happens at Smash tournaments. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that n- even if it doesn't sell hotcakes and it does just good enough, I'm pretty sure Nick would be so stoked for their game to end up being at like Evo. Dude, uh, seriously, if it's like a six, I'll probably buy it. Because honestly, me, yeah, that's kind of where I stand <laughs> on it. I am willing to bet that enough of the characters that i really want to play have enough interesting things where even i think a not great developer could make interesting Mm -hmm. movesets i think a lot of it's going to come down to balancing i find that absolutely game developers that don't typically make fighting games tend to have problems with balancing and if there's one valid complaint about playstation all-stars battle royale it's that they basically were trying to be smashed without being (laughs) smashed which i actually i was okay with that but the game's kind of unbalanced yeah Uh, it is you know, it's it's the basic idea of not all level th- one finishers are equal to other level one finishers. Some of them mm-hmm. are like a level one, you have a li- really low chance of getting a kill, and then some of them are like, you're going to guaranteed get at least one, if not two. And then if you go all the way up to a level three, um, whatever you want to call that, uh, mega, there's some that are like, whenever I was working toward platinuming the game, mm-hmm. there's, there's, like, there's like four characters that you're going to get every character in a single mega or ultimate, whatever you want to call it, like a level three that some other characters, you have a level three and you still don't get anybody, you know? And <laughs> yeah. that's the problem with those types of games normally. And the studio that made that wasn't typically a fighting uh, game dev. And I'm pretty sure that's what's going on here with all-star brawl. It's just people who like fighting games, but they may not really know much about how the back end goes, you know? Right. Exactly. But I have It'll be hopes. fun regardless. Once they announce Cat Dog, I'll pre-order. Um, <laughs> My thought so is like, of- well, you think about like uh, Invader Zim is a really interesting character with That'd plenty cool. of things to make interesting moves with. If you yeah. can't make interesting move sets from him, I don't trust you with the rest of the game. Exactly. If you can't take a guy whose entire theme song is about how he's a football head and make him interesting to play. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. Arnold's a weird one, but I still think there's plenty to do with Arnold. But think about like if you give me bad move sets on like Avatar Korra. <laughs> yeah, you gotta quit. What are you even doing here? Like, what is? Why are you in this industry? Like, move yourself away from the fighting game industry. <laughs> yeah, this this could be some insane fever dream, and I'm just making up this character. But I want the Hey Arnold representative to be the homeless guy with pigeons. <laughs> And his entire kit is throwing different types of pigeons at people. <laughs> Hold on. Was he homeless or wasn't it that dude Oscar? I thought, I, I don't remember. I All I remember he, is I, the pigeons. Hold on. I'm going to have to look this up now. It's been Doesn't a little while. Awesome. die with the pigeons or something like that? Like that's a whole episode where he like flies I off. I think he might pigeons. be right. Let me see Pigeon Man. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking he's of homeless, the other guy. Right? I'm pretty sure he's homeless. Yeah. I'm yeah, pretty sure. He lives up on the top of the building with the pigeons. Yeah. He's like the, yeah. Yeah, he's basically like the crazy pigeon guy in the Spider-Man games. I really thought that was a fever dream. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the next piece of news. Uh, exciting 2024 news broke today as former Call of Duty leads Taylor Kurosaki and Jacob Minkov, the creative and game director respectively, are joined. Oh, wow, this is the worst writing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> They're joined by... <laughs> They're joined by other acclaimed developers from Sony projects like God of War and The Last of Us to start the new studio, That's No Moon. They're aiming to release high-quality AAA third-person action adventure games. In a Polygon interview, Kurosaki said 
The ground floor pitch we've been saying is that we're singularly focused on single player, narratively driven adventure storytelling. Speculation around the studio had them pegged as a potential Star Wars studio due to their name, but they've denied that. Uh, there was cool. some speculation that they were a Sony studio, which is not true because they were given a hundred million dollars by Smilegate Entertainment. Yeah, the interesting thing there is here's the thing: it's it's not like Haven is not necessarily a Sony studio. They're just partnering with Sony for their yeah. first game. Which we've seen Sony right. do with plenty of people, right? I mean, you could look mm-hmm. at people and like for a while there it was like Ready at Dawn were basically a Sony studio, but they yeah. really weren't. No. Um, and I think that's kind of where we are with Haven. But that seems the weird thing is I think this is a good for Sony and kind of a bad. Mm-hmm. I think most people's immediate thought is that it would have been Sony, not only because of the fact that there was previous Sony people on it, but because I think Sony's becoming synonymous, and I think they work mm-hmm. towards this, with the idea of narratively driven single-player action-adventure games. Absolutely. To where yeah. people, if you tell somebody that, it's like, oh, it's probably like a Sony exclusive, right? Sony's making a deal for it, and that's a good thing because it means that Sony's done a good job of making sure that the genre that they exceed in is you know synonymous with their name but the problem yeah. here is like i you know as soon as you start reading it you see who the people are the guy who <clears> came <throat> from uh, the visual arts uh part of sony who were a couple months back uh the team that was turned out to be trying to make a the last of us remake at the visual arts group the one the guy who's the ceo for this company is the guy who was trying to l- get sony to let them make their own game but sony wouldn't let them so sony <laughs> oh, let them no. do the remake and then they ended up canning the remake so i'm pretty sure this guy is pretty anti sony right now and even if he's not i don't think he would be like oh now you want my game to be exclusive yeah. whenever i leave you so i would have never seen this as a as a sony game to begin with no i agree and i think that smilegate stuff is just what sony did for haven you know what i mean so that's a, it's a smile gate game yeah that's sure. what i think so. yeah, yeah and they're just letting it go through the studio so the hundred million is just them being like here's your starting money to start making a game and then we'll get this project from you mm-hmm. and then we'll see where the deal goes from there either yeah, if we we'll want to mess with buy, buying it or or what you know if we want to exactly. buy the studio do we want to do another game with you it's cool i like this because i always like to see more studios popping up that are about being single player story focused just because there's so many developer like development teams popping up that are about trying to be online and multiplayer which is also good yeah it's just not as much as the genre that i care about no i'm with you on that so little little selfish of me but i like seeing this stuff (laughs) me too um i'm always excited for new studios although they have a pretty crappy name um (laughs) i kind of like the name I, I don't love it or hate it. I mean, I, I like it enough, but it would be kind of cool if the name was a reference to them getting a Star Wars game. But I also think it's a bad idea to name a studio specifically after the games they're doing. Mm-hmm. I thought it was bad that Microsoft was like, okay, we're going to make a new studio and we're going to call them the Coalition because they're going to make Gears of War games. I'm like, so what if they ever want to make something that's not a Gears of War game? Are you telling me you're going to be like, no, <laughs> you are the Coalition? They make a Stardew Valley game, but they're like, all right, Marcus's Phoenix is Stardew Valley, and he's just digging with different uh, machine gun attachments on the front of his, his gun. <laughs> so, yeah, like literally to dig out, you just have a... <laughs> yeah, you got a Lancer shovel. And you still have to like, <laughs> you, you still have to worry about being quicker in digging by doing the perfect <laughs> reload. If you perfect reload, your crops grow bigger in that spot. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds actually kind of cool. Uh, that's the weird thing is... You know, I was telling you about Donovan messaging me um, 
Shout out to Donovan. Uh, and he was talking about the Pokemon MOBA. He's like, hey, have you seen the Pokemon MOBA? I said, yeah, I haven't looked into it a lot because I don't play MOBA, so it doesn't move the needle for me. Uh, no, it's literally, I can't remember what it's called, but it's a Pokemon game. Like It's, oh, it's Pokemon cool. IP, and it's nice. a MOBA-style game, and it just released on Switch, I think. Um, oh, Pokemon Unite. Yes, that's it. And he was like, yeah, it's, he's, like, he's like, it's simple right now, but it's got room to grow. And my immediate response to him at first was, I, I'm glad to see it because Pokemon's such a huge IP that I think there's no reason you shouldn't do odd genre games just because it, it's the cool idea of like getting people into game genres they wouldn't normally try by attaching it to an IP they love so much they go, well, I've got to at least try it. And that's how yeah. you can get people to love MOBAs who maybe have never played a MOBA. That might be how you get someone to love a gotcha game who's never played a gotcha game. It might be how you get somebody to love a uh, a fighting game, like, you know, Pokken. It'd be it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of people who didn't traditionally play like Tekken games ended up liking the Tekken style game from playing Pokken. You know, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I I, I, pl- I played Pokken just because it was Pokemon. So yeah, so I think as as often <clears throat> as you can do that, that's a good thing. I agree. Expand there's, your horizons. Man. Yeah, there's no reason not to make any big game. And just uh, any take any big game and be like, what if we gave a hundred thousand dollars to uh, a studio of eight people and just let them make a weird game in this IP? Yeah, that's they my, it's been my wish I, for Sony for a long time. If you don't want to I mean, do anything, if you don't want to do a triple A resistance, fine. Give a yeah, hundred thousand dollars to a team who wants to make a top down third person isometric shooter for resistance yeah. that doesn't have to have ground groundbreaking graphics. You know. That would be awesome. I'm surprised now that we're even talking about MOBAs that they have never done, like, instead of PlayStation All-Stars, they did a PlayStation MOBA, and it was just all the characters that you could get Nathan Drake in there, you know? I mean, That'd be cool. I would play that. I get no reason not to. The idea of, like, you know, Smash Up, like, you know, Smash Up games, there's no reason not to. I, I get Smash is, like, now that it's been around for a long time. I don't know if the idea for Smash was so obvious back when they started it, you know? That was a really <coughs> great idea. But now that Smash exists... The go-to thing when you have a bunch of characters and IP is make them fight each other. Right. Exactly. But, Might as well. you know, there's ways to, and you can do that without a Smash-like yeah. style game. You could do it with a MOBA. It'd be kind of interesting. I would play it. Um, all right. Noted best development studio in the industry, Respawn Entertainment, are now building another new team to work on a brand new single-player adventure game. Ooh. It would seem that Respawn is growing even larger as the studio is hard at work on Season 10 for 2019 Game of the Year Apex Legends, along with other projects like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and the VR title Medal of Honor Above and Beyond. I really hope Above and Beyond comes to uh, next-gen PSVR just because looking at it, the level of interactivity, it looks sweet. Yeah, I would would really like to play that. And that's not even normally my style of game. But yeah. I just like seeing all you can do. It, it gives me Half-Life Alex vibes, and it's one of the only other VR games I've seen that has that level of detail. Mm-hmm. So um, do, you, what, do you have any hopes for what this game could be? I don't know, man. I, I'm in a weird part where I think Titanfall 2 had such a great campaign that I would love to see them do more Titanfall, but it seems like Titanfall has kind of been <laughs> weirdly weighing the studio down from expectation. I think people are so mad that okay it's either you like apex or you're mad that apex basically usurped the idea of them ever going back and doing more titanfall which is weird because titanfall never did excessively well was always the problem and if it wasn't for apex 
anything even remotely in, involving the Apex world probably wouldn't exist anymore. You know what I mean? Like at, at this point, there wouldn't be a, Apex is probably about as close as you were ever going to get to a Titanfall three. If, if Apex never took off to begin with, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm torn. I was really surprised by how well I, how much I liked Jedi Fallen Order. It's got yeah. little problems <clears throat> that I think the team could slowly get over. And I think a largely built pedigree of first person shooter developers coming together to make a non first person shooter game and excelling pretty well at it the first time around yeah. is cool. So I don't know. I I honestly got to give it to them. I think that taking a taking a leap like they did with Jedi Fallen Order, I'd like to see them make anything they want to make. I agree, and I think the I think they're still making a Fallen Order sequel. So I think they're just a huge team now. Yeah, yeah. As far as I um, understand, they are so, and they should. Jedi Fallen Order was a good game. Not, yeah, not great. Absolutely. A good game with a great foundation to make a great game next time around exactly so all right speaking of respawn and the 2019 game of the year uh tuesday brings season 10 of apex legends titled emergence the update uh brings soon to be nerfed legend seer uh destroyed (laughs) world's edge and also soon to be nerfed the rampage lmg to the arena i know you have no (laughs) thoughts on those and i think i gave my thoughts in the write-up um seer and the rampage look so good that they will not last. <laughs> that seems to be a problem. I, I want to say a problem. That seems to be a, an occurrence in games that are season-based, right? Yeah. The need for ever more interesting guns and maps and game modes and classes to where eventually you're going to come up with something that's so cool, but if you leave it alone, people are going to be really annoyed yeah, it's one of those things where like the Apex quote unquote pros always get what they want and they just whine and I have to be like, No, I really like this gun. Oh, right, it's good this time, so it's getting nerfed because some pro player can't play Wraith and Q spam anymore, so they yeah, have to whine. That's always that fine balance between keeping the pros happy because they bring in a lot of new players and keep in players who want to be just like their favorite streamer. But at the same time, it doesn't allow for new things to come in because even as we're saying, right, people who really like something have been into it for a long time tend to be a little more on on the verge of like, ah, maybe you shouldn't change this. You've seen how many people don't want that, don't want themes to go away. Yeah. Even I'm hesitant about the idea of themes going away because it's been part of PlayStation for so long at this point. Mm-hmm. But people don't like change <laughs> and that's the weird I, part like it's i'm so glad that god of war 2018 did well because it's it's such a different game yeah uh, i don't know man it's it's hard because like i think i just crossed the 1600 hour mark with apex and it's like i know the game i'm not a professional gamer or professional apex player but it's like you don't need to listen to everything they say because a lot of it is like that a lot of what happens at the beginning of the season is the new meta is super powerful so the meta they got used to is different and they're like oh i can't make my content so they bitch about stuff that everyone else is fine with and then it's just like ah it's like they're all complaining now if you go into a public game with three of your friends like the game is intended you're you're playing the game wrong 
It's like, guys, <laughs> what are you talking about? Just because you go in by yourself and abandon your team so you can get cool clips doesn't mean that I'm not going to play with my three friends. Like, Well, you I know what it. else is weird about that, right? The, the idea of like streamers and games getting big is a double-edged sword because it does make the game bigger. It brings more people in. And when you have a game that's free to play and its entire basis of making money is off of people playing and spending money on stuff that's extra... <laughs> you want to bring as much new blood as you can in because the reality is that there will be people come in, buy something once, fall out of the game. So you want to, if if that's the majority of people, which it undoubtedly has to be, then you want to keep bringing new people in to at least make that single deal purchase and then have Mm -hmm. the chance of getting that one player who's going to be like you and spends $200 just (laughs) to get a cool knife. You know what I mean? You are the white whale. You're what they want. They want as many of those as they can. So, you get in this weird part, but um, where I was kind of going with this is we were playing Sea of Thieves Friday, right? And as soon as I mm-hmm. log in, Saul and Saul starts talking about um, <laughs> this. <laughs> it's called tucking, which is hilarious. But basically, the idea of it is is that you dress your character in all black clothes, no extra color, okay. and there's these new emotes they have in the game, or newer emotes, to where they're hide emotes. And one lets you basically curl up in like almost a ball. One lets you put yourself in, you have to pay, that one's free. And then there's one that you can pay for if you want to, that lets you put yourself in like a barrel. And you yeah. can just, basically while someone's off doing something different, you shoot yourself off with a cannon or just find a way to swim over to their boat get on when they're not around and then just hide somewhere where they don't see you but then you can listen to them through the game's proximity chat which lets you hear teams that are doing stuff around you yeah and you update that back to the people that you're in an actual party with oh okay cool. and you'd be like hey this is what they're doing and this is going on uh and then you kind of just sit there and wait and get an idea of all the stuff they have and then whenever your your guys, like the rest of your team, comes to ransack them, as soon as your team shows up, you're already on the boat, and you surprise them, and blam, blam. Well, that same day they were talking about that, it's never happened to me in the game before because it's something new that a streamer basically came up with. Everybody's doing it. Literally, whilst he was trying to explain it to me, we found somebody tucking on our boat because it's, <laughs> it's, not, it's no longer interesting. Everybody's putting it out there, and it's becoming this thing of like, oh, well, now it's just annoying because literally everyone's doing it. Yeah. And it, it's, it's that fine line between trying to do something cool and unique and interesting within the game's mechanics. <clears throat> but once everybody knows about it, nobody's trying to play the game in any way but that. So you talk about these people who are like, well, if you play the game doing this and you're playing it wrong. Like, you know, Saul was looking at these guides of like, well, if you're doing the Reaper thing on um, the, the Reaper... I can't even remember what it's called right now. But basically, you raise a flag and you level it. And they're like, if you're doing that, you might as well just avoid all of these things and only play this way. I'm like, nah, dude, come on. You're just trying to min-max play, and I don't want to do that. That's not fun. It's not. Um, I mean, (sighs) they have that in Apex now. It's like, oh, if you play Revenant, if you do the Revtane combo, you don't deserve to play the game. And I'm like, guys... Just play better. Like, that's the biggest thing. Like, just play better. I can't stand it. And I hate the idea of you don't deserve to play a game. There is not a wrong way to play a game. No. It, you know, we were talking about with your writing last week. Uh, Kyle got onto the, um, which also, shout out to Kyle. Chris yes, mentioned it you. before, but he appreciated <laughs> you reading the, the piece and, of course, interacting with him about it. Uh, but I told Chris when me and him were talking behind the scenes about his story he was asking me how I interpreted something and it was way different than what he intended. But as yeah. I told him, once you make something and put it out there, it's whoever is consuming it. 
It's mm-hmm. theirs. And how they do, like how they take it and the way that they choose to play it, they're not wrong. There's not a wrong way no, to interpret absolutely. a book. There's not a wrong way to play a game. There's not a wrong way to listen to music. There's not yeah. a wrong way to interpret the music. It's up to you. It's <clears> yours. Exactly. Just as much as it was the author. Like it, the, it's, it, the author has their own version of it. The player that's telling you you're playing wrong has their own version of it, and you have your own version of it. None of them are mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I think a funny example kind of more on your tucking thing is there's a gun in Apex called the EVA 8 Auto. This is going to sound really dumb, but nobody realized that the EVA 8 Auto was an auto shotgun. <laughs> You know, it's in the game, but if you hold it, it just keeps shooting and no one had any idea. And then one streamer was like, you guys know the EVA auto is an automatic firing shotgun and it's now the most popular gun in the game because <laughs> it's the best gun in the game by far. Exactly. So, I mean, and it's, I, I like that it's a way for you to get introduced to weird ways of playing the game, but that existed before streamers and it's it's weird because the people making the games have more reason to want people to do that so more people jump in and try and play this weird way but i do a little bit miss the days of finding out interesting ways to play a game by going to like a real weird niche blog in the middle of the internet with like 300 people who just really like sea of thieves and talking about interesting ways they've thought to play it and then Mm -hmm. trying those things out without it being the new hot thing that everyone's doing and it's one of those things where as soon as someone says oh we want to we're going to do this i almost have to be like where did you see this right because if you're seeing it and you didn't even have to try to find it everyone's seen it yeah and all you're doing is doing what everyone else is doing and if the whole game is just everyone trying to tuck on everybody else's boat then no one's going to do anything yeah you're all just going to be tucking <laughs> it's going to be a big tuck fest <laughs> yeah go tuck yourself uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> the outer wilds dlc echoes of the eye was announced this coming in september that's neat yeah that is neat, neat. i really want to play that game i need to play that game i haven't i have it, to so. it yet. yeah i know you do thankfully so i'll yeah. have to make time for it but as I told mm-hmm. you, I'm dedicated. I, I said I wasn't going to play anything else besides Final well, Fantasy. And uh, time's running out. So if you're a Final Fantasy person, you're trying to play with me. <laughs> Join him on Balmung. You, you got, yeah, you got to <clears> hop <throat> on and play with me because eventually I'll get to a point where I'm playing the game. You're going to try and hop in and play and be like, oh, cool, Brett's playing. And then by that time, I'm going to be out of it because no one played it with me. And here's <laughs> the thing. I'm not trying to like hold anything hostage. I'm just trying to be real. Yeah, no, I get I it. I will play with I, you if my interest is high. And right now, my interest is pretty high. Yeah, and I, I respect it. And I'm you giving see. it everything I got. I actually should probably at least start running one game alongside it so that I have less of a chance of getting bored of Final Fantasy. But the yeah. reason I'm trying not to do that is I have such a single-minded, focused mind that I'll just quit playing Final Fantasy until I'm done with that <laughs> other game. I already know it. That's kind of what happened with me with Judgment, where I'm like, I think I'm just going to finish this. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, well, Final Fantasy will be there when I'm done. But then by then, you yeah. may just be out of Final Fantasy. It's left your system, you know? It's definitely possible. Um, all right. We got a new gameplay trailer for the exquisite-looking Cat Simulator Stray. Uh, it displayed some of the ways you can interact with the environment, some of the, the puzzle solving, and how you lick your butt. It is set to release in early 2022. I have not seen the gameplay trailer on this. You're not going to spoil anything by talking about it. I just haven't had the time. I did see that it got uh, a a date and had a new trailer. Just haven't had time to watch it. It looks great. That was honestly the most exciting game that came out of the launch. 
Although I'm very interested to see what a train wreck that Dinosaur High game is. You know, I, I got to <laughs> say, for as much crap as we gave Sony, I mean, sorry, as much crap as we gave Microsoft, and I think me and you did, even though you weren't in the yeah. show at the time, of showing a bunch of stuff that's still not out and then showing, you know, uh, CGI versions of it. You still are in the situation, though, where Sony did do that to an extent. Oh, of course. <laughs> and there's still games that... One of the things that sucks about new consoles coming out, and it happens even throughout the console generation, but they're trying to find any little thing they can to be like, this is why you should want a PlayStation 5, and we're mm-hmm. going to show you the quirkiest thing we can find, the most uh, mainstream thing we can find, and everything in between. And Yeah, did you have to dig deep down to figure that one out with your... Uh- <laughs> Secret Service agents. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's almost like do we you have that feeling of like do we ever see these games or are they are they even really interesting or were you just looking for something that a sizzle reel someone would be like that was strange so I remember yeah. it. I will never yeah. not remember that game because of how odd everything looked. I thought I was watching someone's fanfic. <laughs> I, I, and basically, it's what kind of what it looks like is someone just fanficking the like the asteroid hitting Earth into killing the dinosaurs. What but, if dinosaurs went to high school and screwed <laughs> right before it came? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It here's the thing: it would be so crazy if that game comes out and like wins multiple Game of the Year awards. I hope it does. I hope it doesn't. It looks so cringe. But it does look cringe. And <laughs> maybe that's the problem of trying to show that idea in a short form version. Not based at all. That is the <laughs> most, like, people will be like, oh, Biomutant, is that the furry game? And, like, I've never felt like, oh, that game is for furries until I saw Dinosaur High. And I was like, that is a game for people who want to fuck animals. I'm sorry. I can't swear on this podcast, but that's what that game is You're fun. It's not even animals. It's like specifically dinosaurs. Humanoid dinosaurs. Like, come on, man. Okay. If we have to give them a term, right? Furries is like the... Scalies. It's both... Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Scalies. (laughs) People who want to just get right in the guts of a a reptile. Uh. (laughs) Oh. You think they call it blue balls or asteroid balls when the when they, they can't they you, can't finish because they <laughs> die in an asteroid explosion? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I just imagine a whole thing where a guy is like in a position where he knows he's going to die that night. He's like, "Come on, don't asteroid balls me! This is my last <laughs> chance." <laughs> Speaking of asteroid balls, the War for Wakanda DLC for uh, Marvel's Black Panther. The war, Marvel's Black Panther DLC, <laughs> The War for Wakanda. You got it. I, I got it. You did it. Is releasing, is releasing on August 17th. Square Enix hopes to breathe life into the failing franchise based on the extraordinarily popular superheroes made um, it from the MCU. Well, if that wasn't obvious from the fact that all of the character designs of the base game look like they were trying <laughs> their hardest to look almost like the movies, but just enough to you go... Is this like the Dollar Tree off brand? <laughs> and here's the thing I don't even think the game looks excessively bad. I just think give your character a very specifically unique design. Yeah. It's Scarlett Johansson and a girl on OnlyFans who kind of looks like Scarlett Johansson. Well, it's, That's what the Black Widow character looks like. Crazily enough, the same thing actually happened with Spider Man post release. I can't, and it's not even that I hate it, but it's really hard. 
whenever they showed the remastered version of Spider-Man off and showed what Peter looked like, it was really hard for everyone on the internet not to collectively go, so they're making it Tom Holland? (laughs) Yeah, right. I don't, uh, yeah. Like, I don't, it it doesn't look just like him. Looks kind of like him. But you had a character that didn't look like any singular Spider-Man before, or Peter Parker, rather, and then you made him look like someone else. And no matter what, if you get a design that looks similar to something else, that should be your thing of like, we probably shouldn't do this because people are going to think that by nature of not coming first, you're almost always going to end up on the side of people being familiar with one. And since yours is familiar, but not quite hitting the mark, they're going to go, oh yeah, it's it's not as cool. Very seldom Mm -hmm. are you going to get lucky enough for someone to be like, that kind of looks like Scarlett Johansson, but even cooler. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. It's unfortunate, but I like the way they showed Black Panther. I was like, this just looks so much like the. It looks like you put artists in a room and had them do fan art of the MCU. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's just, I think you've leaned too much on it um, in this particular roundabout. I think the most interesting character designs are the further ones that we got to see in this game that don't have Marvel movies yet. Yeah, no, that's true. That'll be interesting, like uh, Kate Bishop and stuff. Yeah, like... Or I, she's getting a show. <laughs> right. Though I do think, um, to some degree, I, and I still see it a little bit there, but I think to some degree they've learned from that with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, they're clearly trying to make it to where, like, you recognize the character, as any character should be. It's you got to base it around who they are, but they all look unique enough. And I think that they did a good job with it with the Telltale Guardians, too. So... Yeah, did you play it. that? Did you play the Telltale Guardians game? Uh, I couldn't finish it. I got bored. Oh, really? I actually, yeah. I liked that game. I mean, I didn't love I've, it, but I liked it. It was good. Yeah. I, that was at a point where I'd played like four or five back Telltale games in a row. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not, I got real bored. I think I got to where he's talking to his mom and I'm like, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of not caring, Ariana Grande is doing a concert in Fortnite. Yeah. Uh, she, she has a skin. That's cool. Uh, PS5 hasn't beta she users. talked about making it? <laughs> hasn't she talked about playing Fortnite before, though? Yeah, I think so. Like in that weird, like <laughs> I'm, I'm really, I'm, I promise, I'm not trying to gate, gatekeep. It's just part of what happens, right? It's uh, yeah. what, what do they call it? Um, when girls talk about my <laughs> hobby. Well, not even that. What do they call it when somebody gets introduced to something, and the entirety of what they know about it is based on how they were introduced to it? And so the uh, codependency, I, I don't know what it's actually called, but <laughs> basically the idea that I, I mean, I do know, I just can't remember it right now, but the idea yeah. that when you don't know enough about something, you think, you know, way more and you're like, oh yeah, gaming, that's Fortnite, right? It's like gaming's a lot more than Fortnite, but you just don't know any more than that. And mm-hmm. that may not be true of Ariana Grande. I, I really don't know. But I know people that are like that, right? Like, you know, like mothers in GameStop who don't know anything about gaming, but they're like, uh, my son wants the Xbox. Uh, which one, man? Uh, which one plays uh, the Fortnite? <laughs> you know? It's, His phone. Yeah, but it's that idea of like when you don't know enough about something, and everyone does it eventually, right? You, if you're just getting introduced to hunting and you learn just enough to feel confident about it, like you'd be like, oh, yeah, I know a little bit about hunting now, but you don't realize all the stuff you don't know about it. <laughs> It's <laughs> true. Is what it is. It eels what it eels. PS5 beta users. Ugh, man. 
PS5 beta users can now upgrade their SSD storage. If you're in the beta and have an extra $150 to $250 lying around, or more, you can purchase a compatible SSD with a, an extra one terabyte of storage. However, the process does not appear to be as simple as you'd hope, requiring a heatsink to be pre-installed on the drive or purchased and installed separately. Yeah, I don't think most people are going to do that latter. I think they're just going to find SSD <laughs> that yeah, already have the heatsink. PlayStation compatible SSDs. That's all. I, I would never do the extra work. So I would not be surprised. I really mean this, though. It's you know at some point when you have issues going on with semiconductors, it may not happen. Yeah. But eventually, I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, storage manufacturers like Seagate and Western Digital and all that. They already have uh, like PS5 models with built-on heat sinks <coughs> but i yes. wouldn't be surprised if some of their more popular pc version ones they start to put heat sinks on them and just sell them on the market even if it's mm -hmm. not them like if it's any of the other ones i wouldn't be surprised if we just start seeing that oh well this one's normally heat sink list but we're going to throw one on there and charge an extra 30 bucks for it for what was probably like a two to two and a half dollar <laughs> heat sink. yeah exactly just so you can be um, part of that uh, process because otherwise it's not simple enough, right? I don't think most people would want to necessarily mess around with trying to add a heatsink. No, I don't want to, and I know how. Um, the beta users also have access to vertical trophy lists. All trophy hunters are rejoicing right now. Bro, I didn't even realize the second one. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm very happy about that. Now, only if they'll make it to where you can alphabetically order your platinums, if you can no, order I them by platform. I just want to be able to sort by completion so I can see them all in a row. That's the only thing they need to add now. Well, it's funny. Like The Vita is the best trophy sorting they've ever had. Oh, yeah. I still use it just for that. It's I'll amazing. Like go. I, want, I want to look at all my platinums. Yeah. And I go and do it. Yeah. And I hate that it's not on the PS5. Yeah. But it's cool. And it never came to uh, PS4 that entire time. So No. But I'm telling you, they took it out of the PS3 version of the trophy list. They updated it away, and I'm mad at that. I just, I, I always wonder why, you know? Like, yeah, why would that. you do that? Why would you be like, you know that functionality that we had? Why don't we take it all away? <laughs> you know those completely months of work that you put into letting people do that? <laughs> Screw it. <laughs> Wasn't <laughs> worth it. <clears throat> I like the so, option, though, because sometimes I do like the idea of being able to see them vertically, or horizontally, yeah. rather. But sometimes I do just want to see them vertically and with more trophies per like, on your screen at a single time than how big they are in that tile format. Yeah, it's just a matter <clears> of like with the vertical, you can actually read it all. Yeah. Because I've seen like what it looks like and it's just a lot better. Um, this is also the first time I've never gotten a beta for PlayStation anything unless really? I just completely missed it. You might have. I don't know. I don't have access to that email anymore, sadly. So that's all gone into the ether. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Solar Ash, a new game from the team behind Hyper Light Drifter, is releasing October 26th. If you're looking forward to a new game by the team who did Hyper Light Drifter. Are you, Brett? <laughs> oh, hold up. Nope. Okay. Never mind. I didn't get. It appears that I did not get the beta. <laughs> Wanted to go double check and make sure I didn't just Can't miss it. In. Uh, well, I should have known anyway, because late PS4, they started getting to where anytime you were included, they would send you like a PSN message. Yeah. So um, anyway, yeah, Solar Ash looks awesome. 
It does look cool. I don't have much to say about it. I wasn't a big Hyperlife Drifter guy, but really, I throw that in there. Well, yeah. to, to be honest, the one upside here is that, like, visually, it's taking the idea of Hyperlight Drifter and converting it to 3D, but gameplay wise, it's entirely different. Cool. I'll definitely give it a shot. So we'll have to see. Hyperlight Drifter is very top down, like Zelda. The only thing I don't agree with is that a lot of people act like Hyperlight Drifter is really difficult. And I don't think it's like easy. I don't think it's like a, a, a game that anyone can hop in who's like never played a game and beat it without issue. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think it's hard. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. It's just one of those games that I was like, oh, this is neat. And then I turned it off. Yeah. yeah. Movement for Solar Ash looks really cool. And I it think does. that that's a big thing about like the, when you look at how games can benefit between 3D and 2D, you can make really great movement in 2D. Though I find that most of the time, great movement in 2D comes from side scroller. Um, I think people have a easier time thinking of how to make interesting movement when you can see the full body of your character even if it's at from a side. But there are mm-hmm. some really good uh, top-down movement games. Like, have you ever played... Um, it's killing me. I can't think of the name right now. Titan Souls? Yes, I have played Titan Souls. That game is incredibly T- hard. Titan Souls is hard, but it also feels phenomenal to move around. It does, yeah. Like, like for as hard as that game is, it doesn't feel unfair because it's like, ah, I screwed up. I moved in a way that was like, oh, it was me. It was me and my reflexes. The game has very masterful controls, in my opinion, and I always made it harder myself by making sure I played on Vita, <laughs> much like I had the issue with um, uh, Inksplosion. That game was incredibly difficult on Vita. It probably would have been a lot easier to do. Yeah, absolutely. On a full controller, but you know, the, pri- <clears throat> the price we pay to love <laughs> our, our beloved system that doesn't get to see much life anymore. <laughs> RIP to the Vita. Uh, okay, so Sony this week announced that they've sold 10 million PS5 units, making it the fastest-selling console ever. Some people have called for Sony to announce how many active PS5s are in the wild. Sony has declined to do so, fearing that people would find out that scalpers have hidden all the PS5s in closets instead of selling them. I gotta say, <laughs> I, I love the joke. <laughs> I don't... Clearly, scalpers have a bigger percentage than you wish they did right yeah i guess i don't really agree with that but but it's i at the the same point is that to some degree demand for ps5 is so high and scalpers never like to buy something in high quantity and then keep it forever because eventually you risk the thing so sooner (laughs) or later the pro and and really it's already happened multiple times over but those really it's not like you're going to see four million ps5 sitting in a warehouse because someone's like i'm not moving an inch until someone gives me the full 900 i asked for on every single one of these it's far more fluid than that and it's really them trying to get money as quick as they can uh and turn around and people wanted to get a ps5 as quick as they can that's how that demand exists to begin with the demand wouldn't exist for, for scalpers to tap into if people just didn't want them so fervently um, so in that regard, I think that I would be surprised if any more than a hundred thousand PS fives are ever, are ever actively sitting unused. Yeah, exactly. The people are not buying a million PS fives and putting them in the closet. No, so. never going to happen. It's no, yeah, it's, it's just not the way that it works. So, uh, mm. 
I, I understand people's concern, and I know people are frustrated because it is still relatively difficult to get a PS5. I know I've been lucky with a lot of new systems and that I have the ability to have a little more freedom in my day-to-day job to occasionally take a second to look and see if I can you know, get even the Series S or the Series X or whatever. But yeah, I, I think it's just people. I, I wonder if this is real people or if this is people who are just you know, part of the console war who try to disguise it. And they're really just wanting to have one thing to take away from, from Sony's success, because no matter how you put it, it's a, um, cha-ching baby. Yeah. Sony, Sony's done a great <laughs> thing here and yeah, 10 million. Five. The, the most interesting thing that came out of all this is the rough estimate of sales on certain games. Um, mm-hmm. ratchet was like 1.1 million. If I remember correctly, and it's been a little while, but I want to say that it looks like Returnal was somewhere in the ballpark of like 550,000 copies. Um, nice. That's good for them. Which is interesting because I know that people have this weird thought that these games have got to be in the multiple millions. But Sony are aware of what happens when you make first party next gen exclusives. It's part of the reason why, as much as I disagree with it, it makes far more fiscal sense to release a game on both platforms. Because no matter what you do, ten honestly, ten percent of people who own a PlayStation Five, and if you even want to account for like the less than a half percent that are sitting unused in some scalpers, you know, area, um, let's say roughly ten percent of people, a little bit more than that, buying Ratchet is actually really good. Um, it is that is a good thing and sony's but it it also goes to show how much sony uh, sony really makes off of third party uh and just people making ps5 their system of choice because sony always makes the majority of their money off of other games not their own also five hundred thousand is more than i would have actually expected for returnal i don't mean that in a bad way i think that's that's good and i think that's probably it definitely had to exceed sony's expectations Mm mm-hmm um, I would imagine so. They yeah. called it a mega hit on their webs on on their website. So. Yeah, and, and a mega hit contextual to the amount of PlayStation Fives out there. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you if you look at any point in time, looking at a game that was like massively successful, like God of War sold ten million at some point, and I think it's actually broke twenty million eventually. But let's just look at ten million. Ten million when there's a hundred and twenty or whatever it was, like almost one hundred twenty million PS4s out there, is less than ten percent. It's still a massive yeah. success. Oh, absolutely. It's, so contextually speaking, 1.1 million copies of Ratchet is very impressive. Yeah, I think it's awesome for them. Yeah. I'm really happy for them. Yeah. All right. Next piece of news. Uh, Sony farted out August PS Plus games. Uh, plans for Zombies Battle for Neighborville and Tennis World Tour 2 on PS5 with the incredibly memorable Hunter's Arena Legends being the lone PS5 game this month. PS4 for the other two. So it looks yeah. like the leaks were true, which I figured they would. <laughs> yeah. Uh you can redeem them if you want to until September 6th. Yeah. This is uh one of the weaker months. <clears throat> yeah. Though I I, wanna... I think Hunter's Arena Legends is still cool though because it's it's even if the game doesn't look good great to me necessarily. Yeah. It at least still has them putting brand new games on the surface for PS5 every month. Yeah. I don't know. There's just Hunter, it's just such a bad name to the point where when I was writing the news, I had to look up the name three different times to make sure I was getting it right. Like, it almost seems like you accidentally oversimplified it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
um but yeah i don't have too much to say about it september 6th you having to download them i want to um, i want to let the listenership in real quick on on your brain and how it works because I just want you to know i got a notification a little while back that chris has downloaded <laughs> dragon ball fighters <laughs> <laughs> this man's multitasking in this yep. episode i am looking forward to buying vegeta the best character in dragon ball z um I don't have too much to say about this. This is a rumor, but 4chan says Bloodborne is coming to PC in the Bloodborne Endless Night bundle, and it's being done by Nixus. I think Sony would be stupid not to do this. Yeah. Supposedly, it came from that Bloodborne was the most played PS Now game on PC. So Yeah, I mean... Okay. Yeah, totally. It's 4chan, so yeah. take it for what you will. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in terms of the source of the rumor, who knows? In terms of the likelihood based off of just general... Like it's been long enough since Bloodborne's come out. People love yeah. Bloodborne. Anybody who is going to wait to buy a PlayStation to play Bloodborne has either already done that of it finally, or they just gave up and played PS Now and played it. At this point, for the people who are still holding out for a native version, give it to them. Make all the money that's going to come alongside that, uh, and then hopefully do the old one-two punch of telling the people who ended up loving Bloodborne on PC for their first time ever playing it that, hey, you love that so much. Guess what you can play on PS5 day one. Bloodborne 2. Bang, bang, bang. (laughs) Or whatever next, uh, even if it's not Bloodborne 2, right? All you have to do is from the makers of Bloodborne. You know, just like like Bloodborne was. Everybody wanted to play Bloodborne because of the fact that it was the Dark Souls people and Demon Souls people. So, Mm -hmm. Absolutely true. All right, the next one is a bit of a doozy. This should be our last news item. Um, Activision has received a blizzard of bad press this week as the state of California has sued them for multiple things, including sexism, fostering bad work environment, and uh, to me the most serious, the sexual misconduct and potential assaults. I don't know. Oh, dude, Uh, yeah. The stories around this is crazy. yeah. Yeah. The allegations really exploded this week when multiple stories from the trenches came out including a hotel room named after Bill Cosby and an apparent suicide due to mistreatment and nude pictures of said woman being bandied about the office. So that's good. Oh, man. Uh, he said sarcastically, I feel like I need to clear that up. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the good and bad of this all, right, uh, yeah. that's, that's going on, the bad is clearly what's happened. Uh, yeah, and with enough information to come out to where any potential chance for someone coming out and voicing something that may not have really happened or, or was blown out of proportion are very low, most likely to the point where you have enough stories that where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, Mm. I think, I think a lot of these big companies are really, I I really, I'm not trying to give them credit. They're, they're hard to manage in some ways. And I think it goes to show that a lot of these companies have been getting away for for a long time without actually having to do anything. Um, I think it's, I hope it's not true at EA, but it wouldn't surprise me. You know what I mean? Right, right, It's It's one of those things where I really hope, you know, EA has got this idea for a long time. Remember when EA was like the worst company in America for like multiple years in a row? I would not be surprised if some of that came from inside uh, inside employees literally voting that it was terrible, even though they worked there, because of any number of similar allegations and actions happening within the company. So I think it's high time that Activision has somebody come out and be like, hey, you know, all of your bad work environment things are indicative of a bunch of other decisions that y'all make and how much y'all are just about being top dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and making sure that you put things out that are going to make as much money for you, which is exactly why you want as little allegations coming out so that you have as little bad press and lawsuits and all these things and why you would go out of your way to cover up actions that you're aware of from upper management that you don't want to get rid of because they keep making you games that make you bukus of money. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I will say about the Cosby thing, I feel like that's kind of blowing it up a little further than it needs to. This was in 2013. So yeah, named after Bill Cosby before this was, you know, information that came out 2021 and they're like, yeah, let's bring the girls back to the Cosby suite. You know, that Mm -hmm. would be messed up back then. It's just, bill cosby is bill cosby yeah but I don't everything know enough, else is super yeah I, I did see that i didn't read super into the specifically the bill cosby thing i saw it but i had a feeling like the you know what is it is this more of an official name from the hotel or is this like a the frat boy name that the employees at blizzard gave it you know what i mean it's a frat boy name the employees at blizzard gave it in 2013 so yeah, yeah like i said it's 2013 i don't know enough about what allegations toward bill cosby existed in 2013 i'm going to err on the side of none because i know i never heard it and pretty much everyone collectively in america was like oh my god bill cosby of all people is doing bad sexual things with people and has a long history of doing so um Mm -hmm. so yeah interesting more than anything if it really was named that in 2013 and the name just stuck it's still bad that no one ever changed that you know no no one is like maybe we should stop calling it the bill cosby suite (laughs) Yeah, But it also, I mean, you know, the one thing about that is it does seem to have that air of a joke of where someone's like, we're just going to call this f- any name, right? We're going to call this the Schwarzenegger suite. Yeah. And we're going is- to keep, every time we come here and stay here, it's going to be like tradition and we're going to have a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger that we all <laughs> hang up, you know, yeah. and, and, and put on the wall the entire time we're staying just as part of a dumb tradition, you know? Yeah. But dumb tradition I, also might be what led to some of these things happening. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know that I want to get too deep in the weeds on this. I don't have enough knowledge of it. Me either. But it's it's very bad. So It's bad, and I think what's going on where Activision and Blizzard employees are actively striking, and some of their biggest earning games like World of Warcraft and presumably Call of Duty and stuff like that, as well as um, Overwatch and whatnot, are seeing basically halted development is the right way to handle this because as unfortunate as it is, the way to to exact actual change is to make sure that these companies are bleeding money. Absolutely. And that's what happens. Uh, When a game like World of Warcraft or Call of Duty or Overwatch goes onto halted development, when they're made to be consistent dates um, that are coming out, it's it yeah it's not surprising that's basically what it comes yeah. down to that th- that's the preferred action as much as it really shouldn't be um but i think it's how you're going to get some kind of change to happen then it just becomes a now that we all know about it and the more we learn about it over time and see how bad it really is or how bad it uh, you know how not as bad it might have been i'm really doubtful on the ladder i'm I'm sure it's probably pretty bad it's Um, pretty bad then we get more time to now that we know about it it's up to everyone to make sure that activision is held to a new standard yeah and i hope people do uh it's interesting that all this is happening i think unrelated to this but when people are kind of there's a max exodus from world of warcraft over to final fantasy and and there's a huge exodus of um warzone to apex 
and this is all kind of happening at the same time so it's pretty interesting yeah and what was odd to me is that i felt like those exodus had already been happening prior were, to yeah. this becoming public knowledge so i yep. wonder how much of this was people who are big streamers who carry a lot of players with them to places becoming aware of these things not necessarily wanting to speak in that person's stead because they may be asked not to, but decided to, for their own purposes, leave. That would be really interesting, and it would definitely line up with the timeline, but there's no way to really know. It just may be a lot of a, a string of Activision finally getting its upcomings, you know? Yeah, we'll see, man. I, I hope that I, I wish that everyone who had a bad experience is in a different place, and I hope they're doing better. Yep but I don't have much to say. Yeah, same. I'm, I am interested to learn more. I just, I'm hesitant to say things when we don't know everything. Exactly. That, and that's, go I think that's Apex. the smartest place to go. I think right now, if you feel uncomfortable enough with them, which I think you should, but that's up for you to yeah. decide as an individual, you should probably join everyone else in not partaking in Activision right now yeah. so that you see the change come. Uh, I am quite the fan of don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, so they're, undoubtedly are tons of fantastic people at Activision Blizzard and there's obviously tons of fantastic IP that they've worked on in various times um, so hopefully this is a situation where Activision is able to come back from the brink and be a good company and that's right now until we learn more that's kind of where I stand yeah I agree with you So that's it for news my friend man okay big old week so if you had to kind of put it also interesting having you do the news, I really enjoyed being on the other side of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. If you had to say, um, kind of, <laughs> I don't know what I just scrolled down to past the end of the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't talk about that. On the I just, uh, I just wanted you to know that it, I just saw it. It was like, it, it was kind of like the, fully cooked cream pie reference that we left at the end of the episode. <laughs> like it's a little tail in for the person who decides to go the extra mile. Um, yeah. So outside of the obvious Activision thing, which we still need to learn a lot more on interesting news week. I mean, what would you actually say is the thing that moved the needle for you in any kind of way this week? Um, I guess I'll avoid the obvious apex. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's blue box. Still blue box, um, yeah, yeah. Have you found I'm that you're fully, not yeah, you're not tired of it at all yet? No, I love it. Yeah, me too. I, I I grew up with conspiracy theories like all the time. This is sick. I'm just I also fully believe at this point that it's it's Metal Gear and Silent Hill and <laughs> like I'm I'm full on Kool Aid man. So yeah, sure. Um, and I guess I can say move the needle either way, right? Because I mean, you can look at like the negatives, and you can say like Horizon being delayed is a you can you can view it as a negative. I don't think it is. The game should come out when it's ready to come out. I think it's a negative because it's a PS4 game. And yeah, and you can look at that, but the game being delayed, regardless, is not the reason to be negative. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Though I will say it's one of those interesting things where that in particular, depending on who you are and how you view the idea of exclusives, right? Um, you know, one of the people in our Discord was like, well, I guess that's that means that we've reached the end of PlayStation's exclusives. Um, and I think if you look at it from a sheer uh, PlayStation Studios, you know, um, Worldwide Studios releases, technically that's true. Like, yeah, we still have... 
Um, we still have Deathloop this year coming, and we still have Kena, um, but those are games that are more partnership and bought <clears throat> exclusivity and timed exclusivity, and they're still coming to PC. So arguably, you can say that, but at the same time, that means that you can look at all of these games that are going to be touted as big PlayStation exclusives um, next year that are still going to be PS4 games. So if you're going to look and say that's it for PlayStation exclusives, in a way, I would say that you're viewing it the same way if it's coming to another console so it's not counting. Isn't that arguably the same for Horizon coming to PS4? Yeah, I don't know, man. Um... Like it doesn't, it doesn't massively matter to me. But yeah. if you're going to talk about exclusivity in such point blank terms these days, it's kind of hard to because very few games stay truly exclusive because gaming is such a big industry that it makes more sense to reach market saturation in the market that's going to give you the most benefit up front and then continue to see benefit in the tail end by releasing somewhere else, be it PC or on another PS you know, on PS4. It's, it's kind of weird. I would almost rather than be like, hey, we're going to release Horizon as a six-month PS5 exclusive and then it'll come to PS4 so that you still have that like, there's a reason that I up dated upgraded as soon as i did even though we already talked last week about why we felt like the upgrade was worth it but i don't know i don't know man it'll be at the very least the first example of the difference between ps4 and ps5 in a solid way for me it's just i think 2022 is too late to have games coming out on ps4 yeah yeah i agree that's so even then you know if, if horizon was the one because of a delay fine but yeah, games, but <laughs> games like God of War and Gran Turismo Grand Seven, Turismo. so on and so forth, because I'm sure there's more. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I I agree with you. Even though I mean, like I'm I'm glad more people will get to play them, in, invariably. But at the same time, why are people getting mad that these games are coming to PC? Because it's the same thing. More people are getting to play them. But the difference for me between those two is that. Well, I bought a PS4, so I get to experience these games first and foremost. And then later, people get to enjoy them in a different way. Like, you know, not that Godfall was this amazing, crazy next-gen exclusive that everyone ended up loving, but I think it was kind of the right idea to being cross-gen. Be built, purpose-built for PS5, and then have the game be worked backwards if it's possible to become a ps4 game down the road later to where you still feel like you got that next gen experience up front and then later they bring it to pc and everybody else and ps4 and find a way to make it work elsewhere yeah i agree um i don't know i don't know man we shall see what we shall see (laughs) all right man (laughs) well chris thanks for joining me again and uh spearheading news fun interesting time brother uh shout out to you just to give everybody uh, update Saul should be back next week and we are aiming to have it be Saul me and Chris all together in a single episode um, the first episode back is probably not going to be very news structured unless something so big that it just warrants having to be talked about happens uh, it's probably going to be a little more lax and kind of hanging out and kind of having that moment where everybody can kind of get used to everybody's voices being back on the show. And then we'll move forward, hopefully with Chris as a full time, but we got to do some back end talking about how that's going to work from schedule standpoint. So uh, either way, one. hope everyone's appreciated Chris stepping in so that the show can continue. I know I have. And uh, Chris, I will make sure some way or another that I see you for next week's episode, buddy. But if not, <laughs> awesome. I'll of course talk to you in 
a multitude of other capacities. So <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we're gonna show, we're gonna round the show out. Uh, but remember, if you want to be part of the community's take, which we haven't done yet, what do you want the community's take to be, Chris? Since you spearheaded the news, I mean, Ooh. I've been giving it to you a lot, but you have a little bit different news than I would have done. So let's see what you think. Um. What do you think Blue Box is doing? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm fine with that because we really Let's haven't talked it. much about how people, which I know we're going to get people like, oh, I'm so tired of it. But, you know, that's, that's what it is. All right. Well, if you want to be part of that, remember you can go and follow us on Twitter at Triangle SQRD. You can find us on Facebook in the group Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. Ask to be entered and I'll gladly let you in. Or you can click down in the link in the description below for our Discord where you can join and go straight to the community's take um, section and answer and give your thoughts as well as talk to us in the podcast open discussion section about your thoughts of what we talked about on the podcast, which you can do pretty much everywhere. If you want to follow Chris, you can head over and find him on Twitter as well at F I G Z two one K. And lastly, if you want to support the show with more than just your time, which we are always so thankful for, head over to patreon.com slash Nartech and consider giving as little as a dollar per month really helps the show and helps us keep it going without having to dig into ads pre-roll ads and all that different stuff so we appreciate you all and as a shout out we give all of our patrons a big name call roll call at the end of episodes so we have kyle grimm josh jarrell matthew green my name is dan luke bartolomeo sean santarude funk turkey danny villiobos Corey hickerson blake popst kevin bacon bits mark schutz shadowist steven salazar the stonard rich constantly kenny solitary red Chris Figs, Zachary Sawyer, Landis, Rude Days 93, Josh Drago, Bailey Robertson, Brian, Donovan Williams, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Joshua Lago, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, Jehudi MD, Rob Warpoint, Richard Schaefer, and Hammond Egger. Thank you all so much. And now, Chris, without further ado, it's Revenge of the Ice Cream Part 2. <laughs> okay.